degrees. Get Indianapolis Center, do you have any test operation in restricted area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Aries 31. Continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Leonard. The traffic is approaching head-on, all to right, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac, Wanwan, and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. And I'm not kidding, but first, let me introduce the members of the posse. Girls, get ready. Get your fan, get your mistress, sit yourself down, get your big box of Kleenex, your big box of wipes, and squeeze you in some lube, because the very famous Juan Juan is here. Hey, Mac, how's it going? Hey, girls, welcome to the show. <laughs> you know, love every minute of this stuff. I live for it. It's going to be a great show tonight. I know it's going to be a lot of fun. We should tell the fans that after you say that five times, it gets to be really kind of crazy by time six, but <laughs> I think we nailed it. All right, everything okay with you there, Juani? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Things good. are looking up. Things are looking up. What's yep, going on? Yeah. Do something fun for a change besides the show. Go out and see a show. Oh, right. Oh, we will talk about that in a second, okay? Yeah, I haven't, been, I haven't done that in a while. All right, here's the bad news. Sorry, MILFs, Gilfs, and Gigi Gilfs. No, Coco tonight still out saving the world. And we know the world is a pretty effed up place, so they need him just like they need Superman. Uh, same, speaking of Superman, same thing with Switch. He's in the final stages of moving his Fortress of Solitude slash headquarters and will be joining us at a near future show. Everyone misses Switch. Everyone I misses switch, switch. Badly. and they want to know. You know, now they're 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 adrift on what he's had for breakfast. How's he doing? Is he on a diet? Is he is he actually on yeah. a long lecture tour for the hair club for men? There's a lot of speculation about what's going on out there with the switch. I think the latter is think? true. It might, it might be all five things. How do we know? <laughs> so anyway, that means that his lectures uh, are all at Denny's. On the yeah, uh, oh, that'd be interesting. Right? A little co-sponsorship with Denny's on the hair club for men. Yeah, you eat a whopper and your hair grows or something. You know, there'd be a tie in there. <laughs> or if you find a hair in it, you win a the prize. Grand, the Grand Slam, thank you, ma'am. Uh, breakfast. Uh huh. Right. Yep. Or is that Hojo's? No, Grand yeah. Slam is Denny's, okay. right? I don't know. That's friendly. <laughs> Let me get friendly. to the next stop on the on the totem pole. Um, our favorite good witch up there in Sideways now. Raven is with us. Hello, Raven. Hello, my friends. Thank you for having me. Okay. What a voice. Oh. <laughs> so, right, right, Mac? As we were talking, yes, you're always right, Juan. As we were talking earlier, we're in the fifth week of the new do, right? Week five. Okay. There you go. Yep. And it's looking better than ever. Could I say, can I speak for the gang by saying that? Yeah. Sure. Looks great. Sure. It, it fits your face very nicely. I think that's uh, the important thing, right? Hmm. Wow. It yeah. frames yeah. your face nicely and. And a nice little overhang across your uh, upper body very oh. nicely. It's, uh, <laughs> upper body? Pretty amazing. People said that about me when I put my mask on. It fits your face. <laughs> Thank you, Raven, for joining us. Uh, also uh, with us is very famous uh, Arthur Mark Zapula. Mark, MZ, how are you doing? I'm fantastic, uh, Mac. Thanks for having me again. It's good to see everyone. It's going to be a fun show, I think. Yeah, I hope so. 
Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll get back to you later because Mike and I are working on a special project that we should probably talk a little bit about, at least on the air, probably a lot off the air. But let's see what happens. MZ, thanks for joining us. And um, the, uh, the, last, the last Longshoreman is uh, you know one of your novels, uh, the Miami Caper one. I always forget the name of that title, but even though I love the book. Miami what Underground. It, Miami Underground, yeah, yeah. If you get a chance, read either one of those books. They're very cool. Especially if you're from Boston, you can just let a local flavor in. And um, Mike does a whole bunch of other things. And also joining us is a very special guest appearance uh, all the way from his kitchen. He's just had his evening meal, it looks like. The Black Eyed Kid. Black Eyed. How you doing? Kid. I'm doing great, guys. Thanks yep. for having me again. Uh-huh. It's been a while, right? It's been a while since I've been on the show, but I've been keeping tabs on you. Oh, you really? Oh, that's no. That, that you I don't find like. your way around okay, huh? I don't like oh, the yeah. sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And you're going to stay with us for the whole two hours, kid? Is that the memo? Yeah, and maybe longer, maybe. if you're lucky. Okay. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> Suddenly the technical problems we had at the beginning of the show are looking kind of pale. So anyway, so the whole gang is here. And uh, we got a bunch of stuff uh, to talk about. Uh, this is going to be kind of a creepy show. But first, why don't we try this? We have a top 10 list. Now, as you know, the Black Eyed Kid, if you don't know what Black Eyed Kids are, just Google it now. But um, he's a little shy when it comes to the opposite sex. Right, kid? At least until you have them uh, under chloroform or something, correct? <laughs> under your spell. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. Once I add that little concoction, everything's fine. <laughs> okay. Sound like the uh, black eyed kid is uh, reaching puberty there for a second. Okay. The whole, <clears throat> the, whole, <clears throat> the whole act goes away there, kid, you know, once that happens. Anyway, before that happens, so what we have is top 10 list of questions that the black eyed kid would like to ask Raven, but is too shy to. Okay. Top 10 questions the black eyed kid would like to ask Raven, but is too shy to. So she's going to read the questions. <laughs> Do I have that right, Raven? Do I have that right? You have it right, okay. and I have the list right here. Okay. Well, then, if it's time to start the music, here we go. Top 10 things that Black Eyed Kid would like to say to Raven, but is too shy to do so. Go ahead. Number 10. Number 10. Hey, Raven, what's your blood type? <laughs> you guys really want to know? I know it. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Tell us. A negative. A negative. Oh, he's supposed to go, mm-mm. Okay, mm, you didn't get that many. Yummy. <laughs> yeah. My favorite. <laughs> Okay. Uh, number nine. Hey, Raven, guess what part of my body isn't kid sized? Oh. <laughs> I'll give you one guess. <laughs> I'm deceased. <laughs> wow. Okay. Let's move on quickly. Number eight. Hey, Raven, if Queen Elizabeth is the good queen, what's the ugly queen look like? Oh, what's that doing? It had nothing to do with it. Okay. Yeah. It was got hacked. Okay, go ahead. All right, let's go. Let's go along. Looks like we've been hacked. Go ahead, please, Raven. Next. Number seven. Uh, <laughs> hey, Raven, will you send me a tasteful nude of Juan Juan? Oh. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure I could do that one. <laughs> Kid. Juan Juan's very tasty. <laughs> <laughs> tasteful. Maybe it's the same thing. Okay. All right, let's move on. This is top 10 uh, questions that the Black Eyed Kid would like to ask Raven, but is too shy to do so. Number six. Hey, Raven, will you help me free Coco's ballless horse from his sex-crazed sheep roommates? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> Thanks, I need an extra set of hands for that, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> You're right about that. Okay, let's go, please. <laughs> Number five. Uh, hey, Raven, would you be offended if I told you that I think I think of you every time my mommy spoon-feeds me Gerber's banana puree? <laughs> 
It's not really bananas, but I can't say what it really oh, is. Oh, come on. We've been done that, bro. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay, next, please. What's going on here, man? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, number four. Hey, Raven, can you and I pinky swear to be BFFs? And if so, where should I mail my pinky? <laughs> this got dark. Yeah. Real quick. The pinky has nothing to do with the adult size thing earlier. Oh, wow, kid. Doing the two. <laughs> Wow, uh, Raven is uh, beside herself at this moment. Okay, should we move on? Uh, number three. You're a hit kid. Uh, <laughs> number three. Uh, hey, Raven, do you think it's weird that every time I eat a Twinkie, I think of Cobra? <laughs> I don't know, one. What do you think of that? Is that weird? Uh, I'm interpreting that one way, but okay, I don't think it's all Another show. I uh, eat Twinkies the long way. <laughs> Wow. Are you like corn on the cob? This might not even make Mac have to duck. Okay, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Raven. What would you do if you caught Scotch and Friday bumping uglies? Oh, oh my God. I don't even know. <laughs> Scotch is her dog and Friday is her cat. Okay, wow. Oh, my God. This got even, we're even, that's, what, that's what I would say. We're even oh, offending yeah. the black-eyed kid. Okay. Please, we're at the end now, aren't we? Yes, number one. And this is the d number one All top right. ten reason, top ten question that... Like I would like to ask Raven, but he's too shy to do so. Number one, please. Number one, would you consider a threesome with me and my teddy bear? Oh. <laughs> his name's Ruxpin. What's his oh, name? Oh, yeah, Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> fun fact, that's known as a Prince Andrew in England. Get it. Oh, really, Governor? <laughs> Okay. Wow, wow. I get it. Okay. That well, was the guy with the bears. Yeah, the guy with right. the bears, exactly. Okay. Well, anyway, it started off as a smooth show, but we kind of hit the rocks, I think, uh, down in the lower digits. But that's what we can sweeten up. So why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now and get to the real show? You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. I just have to say that uh, I can see the black guy kid on camera, and it looked like he actually blushed at a couple of those questions, or is it just... I think he did. Did he really? Boy, that's... Hmm. That's a tall mountain. He really one. wanted to ask that question oh, right that now. Okay. No, I got, I got it on a that. number of them. Go ahead, He was kid. building up to it. You have something to say, kid? I got too scared. We even scared the kid. Okay, so then that means we need a commercial break. And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Moni's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back. There's a monster in Tokyo Bay, hundreds of feet tall and breathing fire. It's able to destroy whole cities, sink entire battle fleets, and knock swarms of jet fighters from the sky. But there's another even more dangerous resident of the bay. A secretive psychopath intent on covering the planet with nuclear-armed booby traps unless the world's population bends to their demands. Meanwhile, a mysterious group of reborn medieval warriors has taken to the air. Strange signals are being picked up from outer space, and witnesses report seeing hundreds of ghost planes flying in the night skies over Tokyo. Sailing off the coast of Japan aboard the United American Navy's mega aircraft carrier, the USS USA, it's Hawk Hunter, the wingman. He must investigate these unusual occurrences while trying to thwart the criminal's apoleptic plan. But will his actions save the planet or lead to World War IV? Find out in Mac Maloney's exciting new novel, The Jericho Storm. Filled with dozens of dogfights, sea battles, and brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat, The Jericho Storm is book 21 in Mac's best-selling Wingman series. Team up with Hawk's longtime allies, as well as a few new ones, including fighter pilots Switchblade Steve Ward and Jocko Johnson. That's Wingman 21, The Jericho Storm. On sale now at your local bookstore and on Amazon. I'm going to go off that topic just a touch. Okay. Now, there has been for many years the biggest uh, Porsche swap meet 
in the world happens in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Go ahead. And it happens in the parking lot of Hershey Park. Yes. And it's early. It's like in April. Yes. So it, it happens way before the park is really open and crazy. Uh, so for years, they've scheduled a certain week every year. And then um, it, it turned that it, it ended up being on a like a holiday, okay, or Easter. Yes. Or, you know, so a lot of the people were complaining they couldn't go to Hershey to do the swap meet. Okay. Because it was falling on a holiday. They had to be home with their family. Yes. So they tried getting Hershey Park to give them the week before. Okay. Yes. And what they found out was that there was a group of people that rent that area, that parking, those parking lots. Okay. And this is big. We're talking thousands of people. I know where this is going. Go ahead. These The people that rent it the week before yep. at Hershey are a group of people who buy those life-size yes. latex dolls. Oh, yeah. Oh, and wow. they bring them on vacation with them. Now, hang on. Okay. It's a cheap date. They, <laughs> they, no, these things are four grand. Oh, I see. Or okay. better. Yes. These right. are thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, these are expensive. I know exactly. They're very lifelike. How would you know? Of all of us, how would you know? Right. So, anyway, they uh, these guys bring them to the hotels around the area, and they... Put them in bikinis and bring them out to the bath uh, to the uh, swimming pools, and they dress them to take them to dinner. No, blah, 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 blah. you're telling me that they go yeah, out to dinner with the, with, yeah. The, with, yeah, the, with the dolls. Crazy, crazy. They take them to the pool and hang out with them, and they and they sit them together. You know, the women dolls in a pool <laughs> in bikinis and stuff. Stop, stop. No, I'm serious. But how could how Mac? Could... You you're kidding. You've never heard of this. They have guys bringing rubber dolls to they're pools rubber, they're, they're, to dinner. You know, I had no idea this even was a thing. But apparently, there's thousands of them. It's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a big deal, you know. And they show them off, and they buy. But the, don't you think it's a little odd to walk into a restaurant with, oh, a, with an inanimate object? With I big... think it's insanity. But yeah, okay, all right. To each his own. Okay. Are, now um, they're also. Do they talk? I don't think they talk, but they do a lot of other things. They do they really? Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Motrex. Our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. We have a gang here. Uh, girls are very famous. Juan Juan is here. Juanie. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Welcome back to the show. Uh, no Coco tonight. Out saving the world. No Switchy tonight. Still moving his headquarters. Uh, however, our favorite witch up there in Sideways New York, Raven, is with us. Raven. Hello. I'm here. You are there. And um, you're drinking uh, that Genesee uh, Bach beer. What's the name of it again? Raspberry beer or something? Genesee Kolsch. It's a uh, ruby red grapefruit Kolsch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ruby red grapefruit Kolsch. Grapefruit what a combination. Beer. Yikes. Okay. Anyway, uh, um, uh, let's see. Also uh, with us is very famous author, Mark Zapula. How are you doing there, Mark? Hey, Mark. How are you? Author of The Last Longshoreman and Miami Underground. Uh, among other things, he's a, that's correct. He's a fellow author. He's a fellow member of the uh, Brotherhood of the Miserable, and um, he and I are working on a special project that I'm sure is just going to drive us both crazy until it's finally done. Mark, thanks for joining us tonight. Appreciate it. Thank you. Also with us is uh, the Black Eyed Kid calling in from his mother's kitchen. Black Eyed, how you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, hanging out in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Anything in the trunk of your mother's car these days, or? Uh, yeah, nothing I can mention. <laughs> also joining us, though, he might think it's a mistake at this point, is our good friend Martin Willis. Martin, how you doing? 
Hello, hello. Always a pleasure, Mac. Hello, Martin. Martin is the hello, uh, hello. is very famous for UFO podcast, or is it podcast UFO? I always get it mixed up. Yeah, I say it backwards just to you know to okay. confuse people. It's podcast UFO. Okay, and that can be found. In case you know, podcasts are in alphabetical order, it shows up uh, closer to the top. Wow, it's the so other way around, right? I don't know. Well, yeah, besides it was the only domain name available. Oh, okay. That's, that's, like that's yeah. key. Yep. <laughs> okay, so um, you're, you're, you're uh, talking to us as you're uh, on the road going through New York City, correct? That's right, just on the other side of the George Washington Bridge as Ooh. we speak. Hmm. And have yeah. you uh, encountered any gunfire yet, or is that the kind of later on in the trip? No, I'm I'm still hopeful, though. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about your show. You always, you always have. I better- noticed looking out your window, you don't seem to be moving. You're stuck in traffic if you're near anywhere near the George Washington Bridge. Oh, no, we pulled, we pulled over for the special occasion. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh oh. Lucky right. doors. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Lucky yeah. doors. Uh, so listen, uh, Martin, you always seem to get better guests than us. Sorry, Mark. Sorry, Black Eyed Kid. Tell us some of the guests that you've had, <laughs> <laughs> and it just recently. Well, it just has. Yeah, I have a very rich benefactor. No, um, really, that's not true. Oh. I wish it was, but. Uh, well, thank you. No, it, it, you know how it is. You know, some people are really, you know, excited to be on a show. Some aren't. You know, you never know. Yep. Uh, when I very first started, you know, I had a really hard time. I asked every person involved in UFOs I could find. Only one said yes for show number one. Mm-hmm. So because of that, myself, um, I always, if someone asks me and they say, well, I'm starting, I'm starting, I want to do a show on this or that, would you be on? I always say yes, because I want to return that favor. And mm-hmm. so that was Stephen Bassett who actually came on. Oh, really? Yeah. My first guest. Disclosure guy. Mac, I think you were like guest number four or five or something. Really? Yeah. You were really, you were on early. Hmm. Okay. I'm glad to hear yeah, that. Mac's a good get, you know. Yeah. Is he? Tough right? to get, but he's good. Tough to get. Yeah, he was pretty good. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Thank you for that faint yeah. <laughs> that appraisal. So listen, so where are you go? So so where are you going? You're on your way where? He's got a big smile, so he's going to uh, some place warm, I can tell. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I've been pretty lucky this year. I've been a few different places, but heading down to Florida with number one son, we're going to hang out, swim with manatee, all that stuff. You know? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Have a yeah. good time. Yep. Ever see with a manatee? Manatees. Ever see one in real life? Oh, I've, I've, I almost got killed by one. Yes. You're right. I'm, I, I saw, I'm serious. You know how gentle they are? What? I was uh, rubbing the belly of one what? and it clamped down with its fin or whatever you want to call it. And rolled around underwater. I was stuck underwater with this thing, and I thought I was going to be the only living person in the world that would be dead via manatee, sea cow, dead. It's unlike it. It finally let go. That thing was strong. I'm telling you. Maybe it was a romantic type of thing. You don't know how these. uh, I I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Animals want to repeat this. It was. I. I was. I was touching it a little too softly or something. Wow. Was it male or female manatee? Can you tell? I didn't really check. I still don't want to know. Hopefully okay. it's a female, because if not, that'd be yeah. sick. Listen, <laughs> I was on a boat once in the intercoastal down in Florida, <clears throat> and one of these things kind of swam by. It's like a cow underwater, right? That's right. Swimming. Yeah. It's very strange. They're, and they're, like, they're really big. Oblong and big blob in the middle yeah. and round on the front and round on the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, seem they used be... to think they're mermaids or something. Right, I think yes. They... You know, they don't look like much of a mermaid to me. Uh, not at close anyway. to no, but it seems like there's too they're too big to be just uh, you know swimming around where they are because they're they're close to civilization, they're close to boats. A lot of them get hit by boats and stuff like that. Yeah, that almost all of them have scars. You know, yeah. it's really a shame. You know, from uh, you have to be really careful when you go in, in a boat mm-hmm. when you're going into these warm areas where they might 
you know, that's what they're attracted to, warm springs. So they'll just go upriver wherever they can find warmth yep. and hang out and sleep all day. That's And then chew on grass. I think that's their life. <laughs> that's what I do. Hey, that's pretty nice. The one you that had the, great. the one you had to wrestle with might have emotional skies too. We don't know. So, what what uh, what, uh, what what guests are coming up in for you in the next couple of months or so? Oh uh, well, let's see. Um, I'm trying to get Ryan Graves on. He was uh, he's been on a lot of shows. He he sort of said yes. I have a uh, Sean. Uh, um, I'm trying to think, Sean, another uh, F-16 pilot, Sean Cahill. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll he'll be on, um, which is. He's always uh, these people that were involved in these the Tic Tac UFO and then the Gimbal UFO and you know these fighter pilots that have seen these things that are unexplainable. Those those are really to me. I think those are excellent guests. Right. Yeah. Uh, Chris Lee, Chris Lido, another fighter pilot. He's coming up, um, but he has never seen a UFO. However, he's debunking the debunkers, oh. the ones that are claiming that these blur videos are, you know, this or that. And he he has. Uh, taken great pains to uh, show where they're wrong. And so he's basically debunking the debunkers and doing a really nice job Very cool. uh, at it. So, so where, can yeah. pe- where can people catch your show? Well, it's uh, it's Tuesday night, every Tuesday night mm-hmm. at the uh, same time as you when you record mm-hmm. uh, at 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, my YouTube channel is live stream there and Facebook as well. And it's basically Martin Willis live shows because I do other shows on that channel. Or my podcast website is podcastufo.com and uh so every tuesday and we have a blog every week every single week on um some type of ufo encounter or something so it's uh it's fun i've been doing it for over 10 years over 500 shows Mm. and i still love it it's still fascinating to me and i still have to say i know less about ufos now than i ever did i agree with you there so, I have no idea what they are. So we, we yeah. are going to do a live show at some point, both of our shows. You know, Cinco de Mayo, Cinco de Mayo has been raised as a possibility. I don't know, maybe 4th of July or something. But we will do that at some point. Okay, Martin? We'll just put the two shows together. You bet. I always love doing that. Okay. Yeah. So it's before, a lot of fun. Before we let you go, now the driver of your car is actually the editor of our show, number one son, Evan, right? Can you turn, That's right. Can you turn the camera over to him so... We can see what he looks I'm like. sorry, he, he stepped out of the vehicle. Oh, okay, we understand. Yeah, he's, he's flying yeah. for food right now. <laughs> he's thumbing. How did you know? He's yeah. hitchhiking he's home, ice. maybe. So, listen, Martin, thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good time down in Florida, okay? All Don't, right. Leave the man at these. All right, guys. Well, nice talking to you all. Thank you. All right. See you nice later. talking to you, too, Martin. Yeah. Good to see Let's you. Let's give him a round of applause, yeah, please. Yeah. Son's doing a fantastic job, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, thanks. I'll tell him. Thanks. Take care. Watch out for the Smokies. You know what I mean. That's right. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. Why don't we take a uh, this Martin Willis of Podcast UFO Tuesday night? It's just uh, go on YouTube. You'll you'll find him. And also, why don't we take a commercial break now? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Macaloni's Mill Tracks Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Juan Juan is here. Raven is here. Famous author Max Zapuller is here. And also the Black Eyed Kid. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks. I'll show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. Very quickly, the very famous one one is here. Hello, Mac. 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, all ships at sea. Welcome to the show. No Coco, no Switch, but Raven is here. Raven. Hi. Thanks for having me. How are, how are you? I have to ask good you. Good to see you, Raven. Raven. Yes, it's good to see you. Good to see you guys. Yeah, I'm doing good. Okay. Chilling. Chilling. Is the uh, all the snow gone yet? I know. It's gone for now. Okay, they keep saying that we're going to get snow, like we were supposed to get snow today, but then nothing happened, and mm. then we're supposed to get snow tomorrow, but who knows? Yeah. Upstate New York is a strange place. Well, sideways New York, because during the winter, I lived up there for quite a while. It snows a little bit every day and just accumulates, accumulates. It's like a you have a rainstorm every day in the summer, but up there, it's like you have like two or three inches a day, and then at the end of two weeks, there's seven feet. Is that like a lake effect thing or something? No, it's just the way it it blows across the lake, but it's just cold up mm. there and the way things work, you know. Yeah. Um, up in Albany, Albany area, I love men. I've never been so cold and saw so much snow all at once in my life. Anyway, that's the weather report for tonight. Um, so oh, no, no game Thursday with the Yankees. That's right. Yeah, they canceled it because of uh, yeah poor weather. They called it off this morning. It's going to snow. Apparently, it's going to rain like a yeah. son of a gun. Oh, really? So I figured yeah. it. Well, not unlike Boston, where they want you to come in, enjoy. Uh, yeah, and then throw you out. Right? Food court, and then they throw you out. I've been through that. Call off the game. Anyway. Um, so joining us also, Raven is here, and also uh, famous author Mark Zapuller is here. Mark, MZ. Oh, Mac, great to be here. Great to see you guys. Hope everyone's doing well. We're doing good. Good to see you too, Mark. So fast, so yeah, good. Also, a special appearance from his mummy's kitchen. The Black Eyed Kid is here. Kid. Hi, everybody. Listen, Switch isn't here today, so we're going to ask you, what did you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> My mummy. Oh, come on. <laughs> anyway. Now it's my kitchen, mother lover. <laughs> okay. Hey, is there any room for any more refrigerator magnets on that refrigerator? That's a fake background. That's an electronic background. He's really great. somewhere else. Why don't we... Yeah, so anyway, so uh, this is kind of like a, a, a weirdo show tonight. <laughs> Nothing personal. But anyway, we uh, have a bunch of stories that we're going to tell you tonight. And Raven has one. That I've, I've heard... A little bit about this, but not a lot about it. It's called the Radium Girls. Cool name for a band, in a way. Right? Yeah. So, at the start of World War One, uh, women and young girls uh, were flocking to um, work because all the men were being pulled away from their jobs because of the war. You said, uh, um, so excuse actually, me. You said flocking. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Flocking. Uh, I just I no. heard some, I heard something yeah, else, like but birds. that's just me. Go ahead. Uh, did you hear something so, else, Mac? What did you hear? I, I, I can't say. All right. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Listen to the show. Listen to the playback. Um, they were going to uh, work in factories as dial painters um, for the United States Radium Company. Uh, these jobs were considered the most elite jobs being offered at the time. Uh, and the women made three times what the average factory worker made. Uh, they produced watches and military dials made using radium. Um, and that made it so that the uh, numbers would glow in the dark mm. for the soldiers so that they could see them. Uh, the... I'm sorry, I lost my place. Sure. Uh, because they were told working so close with radium was not only safe, but beneficial to one's health in small doses. Oh. Um, essentially, no precautions were taken throughout their workday. Um, however, the men that were working with radium uh, were actually given lead aprons to wear while they worked to keep them safe. Wow. Um, lead so that is aprons. the preface of our of our. Tale so they knew here. something was up, and they were protected, and they didn't protect any of the women. Well, oh, you'll see. I think they were Jeez. protecting the boys. It sounds like you know, with with a, an apron. So, but radium is something that's it's it's highly radioactive. In fact, it's so radioactive it glows, right? Mm -hmm. That is correct. Wow. Yes. So, so they would put this in. What what were they putting it in exactly? So they were doing uh, watches, wristwatches, clocks, and. Um, 
military dials. Equipment, yeah, like that. So you could see them at night, basically, is the angle, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Correct. Uh, and so, so these these women worked on, and, and they were part of this kind of, you know, era where, you know, women were paid less. They were given the most dangerous jobs. There was no, uh, there was no workplace safety or anything like that, right? Correct. Wow. So what happened to them? So uh, since the dial painters were working on those small surfaces, those little watch surfaces, uh, they were trained to use a technique that was called lip pointing um, to get a fine point on their brush. So they would literally put the tip of their brush into their into their mouth and lick it. And upon doing that, they were ingesting a little bit of radium each time. So by the end of their shifts, their dresses and their skin would glow and they would often be referred to as like ghost, ghostly looking um, because they were they were glowing so much. Mm. And some of the girls would even um, glaze their teeth with this non-toxic Wow. quote unquote, uh, radium to give them a glowing smile before they were yeah. heading out to dance dance halls. I was just going to say, uh, you could tell them when they Jeez. walked into the bar. Hey, listen, the, the black eyed kid is licking his lips. Please, kid, what do you think of this? Girls that girls that actually glow. Wow. I'm wondering if the girls went out with glowy lips and the guys had a reaction other places. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. What the kid? Good point. Holy cow. Makes you wonder. I do think his voice, is, I think his voice is changing, though. His, his, his humor is getting a little more adult. Okay, go ahead, please. So so, so, at what point did someone say, this isn't right? These women are glowing. It just doesn't look. They look like ghosts. Didn't someone figure out that this is going to be harmful to them? Um, No. <laughs> no? Okay. All right. Boom. So by, we're in 1922, um, and Molly Magia, um, she was a dial painter in Orange, New Jersey. Um, she started complaining of a toothache um her dentist pulled the tooth everything was fine whatever then she continued to experience additional tooth pain on top of that and limb pain and she was getting worse by the day um she was finally left unable to walk completely um she lost all of her teeth or almost all of her teeth i should say um and then her jaw actually started to crumble um so within a few um days her entire lower jaw was completely gone um by september 12th 1922 this is less than a year since um molly's symptoms started the infection actually spread to her throat and it ate away at her jugular vein and it caused her to hemorrhage Um, she was 24 that's the first documented death of radium poisoning mm-hmm. um and it just completely ravaged her inside out um however the uscr uh took no responsibility for this and they actually documented her death as syphilis oh. um because they wanted nothing to do with it once again the kid is licking his lips i don't understand that but so so but but i mean at some point someone had to you know connect the dots right uh girls continue to experience these these same symptoms it always started with that that tooth pain and then it would just kind of radiate um the expression that i commonly found was called a uh, honeycombing of the bones because oh. it would just uh almost like burrow itself into the bones Man, um time. so they were seeing you know all of these deaths over and over again the death tolls rising and all of these girls are everything is is consistent and they the 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 usrc didn't want anything to do with it Mm -hmm. so it really wasn't until 1927 that a lawyer took any interest um, and actually took them seriously Mm -hmm. um however at that point the remaining girls had at this point months to live but dial painters were still employed all across the country so it made it that much more serious to like we need to get a handle on this because obviously it's not safe. We were told it was safe, but it isn't. Mm-hmm. Girls are still ingesting 
radium every single day. So they finally were able to get um, a study done that the, U- the USRC actually was the one that conducted the study oh. to, sh- to, to prove that there was no link between the girls being sick and the radium. Yes. But there was an obvious link yes. and they, they really couldn't deny it. Yes. Um, however, it, it still was an ongoing issue. Um, so in 1938, uh, Catherine Wolf, she was a radium girl, as you would call, they would be known to be called, um, testified from her deathbed. Um, and in doing this, she actually, uh, they won and she actually received justice for herself and all of the women who died. Nice. Um, took a while. It's sad. It's, it's, it's not in vain though, their deaths, mm. because obviously this is invaluable to science yep. and without this, um, we wouldn't have OSHA today. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to wrap this up, um, radium has a half-life of 1600 years. And because of that, the women had to be buried in lead lined coffins. Oh man. Holy cow. That's amazing. I mean, you don't, you, you still see watches. I don't say they use radium these days, but I remember seeing watches back when I was growing up and it seemed like they had radium on them. You know, maybe they were ones just old watches or something, right? Yeah. Hmm. What a weird thing to happen. The thing, people should have known ahead of time that this stuff, I mean, there were people who knew that it had is highly radioactive. They're putting it in their mouths. Yeah. Mm. I read a couple of things that said that there were some floor managers in the factories that started telling the girls to stop doing the lip pointing technique mm-hmm. after after girls started dying. So it's like they they knew, you know, Marie Curie Right. already experienced burns there were already reported deaths from it yep. they definitely knew yeah, it yeah. was just there wasn't a law that said that they they needed to care so they, they didn't care mm, good point so the u.s uh radium u.s rc what's that u.s radium council or something u.s radium company right, oh, company okay united states radium company of course they're gonna you know deny there's a show on right now someone recommended it to me it's called dope sick have you ever heard of that it's, it's the, so good man oh man you gotta oh my see god this. it's it's riveting if you know what actually went on in the, you're not going to get into it, yeah. but went on Did the you, opioid crisis. I know this is kind of a side note, but everyone needs to watch Crime of the Century. Oh. That's the documentary based on um, what Dope Sick is based off mm-hmm. of. Yeah. And I mean, it will boil your blood. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing what Isn't some there people a movie know. about radium girls? No, no. Uh, oh, there yeah. is. It's, That'd be good it's actually on uh, YouTube. You can watch oh, it. it. Is? Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Okay. Is it? I'll check it out. Is it making a note of it? Is it R rated? I don't know. It's like an independent. I actually never watched it. I watched a documentary about it and I got really scared. Mm-hmm. But then I was like obsessed with it. So it was one of those those things where like it's a train wreck. Like I really couldn't look away from it, but mm-hmm. I never watched the movie. Probably looked it up. Lily Tomlin is an executive producer on it. Oh, that's your girl. Interesting. Wow. wow. Ever see those outtakes of her in that movie called like Hot Mendelssohn's or something? You know what I'm talking about? No. There are Hollywood outtakes. It's it's a movie. It's called, you know, Gene Hackman's in it. Dustin Hoffman's in it. She's in it. Lily Tomlin's in it. Lily Tomlin's in it. And and um, she gets in a fight with the director. That's so violent. They like knock over the set. They knock over the fake desk and they knock over the fake uh, walls and stuff. And then there's one where um, they she, they're in a fake car. It's Dustin Hoffman. Lily Tomlin, and then the, the woman who played the guy's wife on Field of Dreams. He she played Kevin Costner's wife in Field of Dreams. They're all they're all in the front seat, and and they're faking shaking the car as if they're moving. And she's like screaming at the director, you know, "F you!" It's unbelievable. It goes on for like twenty minutes. It's incredible. She's a handful. She's a handful. Is what I'm trying to say. Really. So it sounds like it'll be a good movie. Probably Radium Girls. Probably not the best 
Avenue, so I've caught one. Okay, probably hard to kind of match up the ends or something like that. But thank you very much, at Raven. Don't you think Radium Girls is a cool name for a band, though? The Radium Girls? Or is that yeah. just to say so? I think it's cool. I would, you know, I would You'd be getting a lot of glowing reviews. Yeah, they, yeah, there you go. There's probably a band name that. I don't mm -hmm. know, though. Maybe How not. about the Man Aprons? That's a good idea. The Man Aprons? Not bad, right? Man Aprons? Lead Aprons. The lead lead ap Aprons is a good band name. But back, back seriously, though, uh, Raven, back then, in the the dawn of the you know, industrial revolution basically mm -hmm. especially during world war one and beyond anything anything goes you know yeah sure the, at the workplace yeah. who cares nobody cared about safety or anything else they just cared about going back to work doing the work getting money being successful at the work yep, yep. yeah back then too i mean it, it's it is the way these days but back then too the same thing is that you know a, a small percentage of the people in this country had all the money Okay, and there's yeah. the industrialist back then. These days, it's mm -hmm. everyone having to do with high tech and stuff. But you know, and if you're a schmo, frankly, you know they're not going to care about you. You know, you're the golden a, age. You're one of many. Thank you, Raven, for that. We appreciate it. Yeah, you're good welcome. story. Yeah, it's kind of scary though. <laughs> Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a uh, commercial break now? We'll be right back after listen. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks Now Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. Back everyone to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. One one, she said she was sending me the picture. You don't have to get involved. Okay, all right. Okay. I didn't need you as a middleman. Anyway, the very famous one one is here, girls. We had a little off air conversation. Hello, man. Everything okay Hello, with you? Guys. Yep. Get your Tojo glasses on again. You look good. You look okay. very nice. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm liking them too. Very 1944. Hmm. Uh, no switch, no cocoa, but uh, Raven is here. Raven, how are you? Hi. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Everyone looks so handsome tonight. Looks so what? Wow. Everyone looks handsome. Did she say handsome? Um, anyway, well, let's see who the other two. H-A-N-D-S-O-M. Let's see who Maybe. the other two victims are. I mean, the other two. Uh, a very famous uh, author, Michael Pooler, is here. Mark, how are you? Great, Mac. How are you? Okay. What do you think of the show tonight? You've been a, an observer. What's the vibe? What kind of vibe are you getting? <laughs> Uh, what kind of vibe? It's kind of like uh, it's, it's a diversified type of vibe tonight. We're kind of all over the place, but in a good way. Okay. Getting some laughs in. That's what she said. Uh, also with Which? us is our good friend, the Black Eyed Kid. Soon to be the Black Eyed Teenager, I think. But, Kid, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Okay. Did they... Going through the change. They do it once in a while, you know. <laughs> oh, sorry. It keeps happening. <laughs> they kick you out of the choir already? Wow, Kid. Okay. We knew him when. Well, thanks for joining us, kid. Thank you. Okay. Um, so listen, so this is kind of like a uh, weird show tonight, or we, we get a bunch of weird stories, and I came upon one that I had heard about before, um, UFO-related, UFO-military-related, but just like a creepy story. So anyway, in uh, 1949, there was a guy named James Forrestal, and he was the first Secretary of Defense in this country. After World War II, I think it used to be called the Secretary of War, but they changed it to Secretary of Defense, and uh, Truman, who was the president at that time, right after World War II ended, 
made him the first Secretary of Defense, James Forrestal. They named a couple of aircraft carriers after him. But he was somebody who, uh, he knew his stuff. He was a real Washington insider. He knew a lot uh, what went on, you know, deep down in Washington. He was connected with intelligence uh, services back then. And, uh, of course, as Secretary of Defense, he was uh, briefed on just about on everything. I mean, theoretically, he'd be briefed on everything, read in is how they say it. So he would be privy to a lot of very top secret stuff back then. And it was kind of an interesting time because we had just won the war with the atomic bombs, but we had just found out right after the war ended that the Russians were working on their own atomic bomb. And the big thing was to see whether they had it and where they exploded it and how, how powerful it was and so on. So he was Secretary of Defense for a a very interesting time. Now, here's the thing. He um, he w was no longer Secretary of Defense uh, in 1949. What happened was uh, Truman actually fired him because um, this is, if you remember, there was, there's a famous picture of um, Truman holding a newspaper that says Dewey wins presidency, but it actually was Truman won the presidency. A lot of the media kind of jumped the gun, and Truman had this like unbelievable kind of uh, comeback in the polls and so on, and um, he won. So anyway, it turns out that this Firestall character went to Dewey uh, before the election even happened saying, you know, I'll work for you. Truman found out. When Truman won again, he fired Firestall. Firestall winds up at Bethesda Naval Hospital and the psychiatric unit after having a quote-unquote nervous breakdown. So, but what really happened to him? First of all, he went there uh, uh, on his own protest. He did not want to go there, but he was uh, put there. Uh, by the government. He was there for, you know, quite a while. He was being treated for what they called back then a nervous breakdown. But he would have uh, visitors every once in a while. One of them was his brother, and his brother said, you know, there's nothing wrong with him. You have to get him out of here. So finally he convinced the uh, Navy that he would um, uh, come uh, on this particular day, it was, uh, May of 1949, May 10th, and pick up his brother and take him out, discharge him. He was there that night with uh, his brother. His brother was like all packed. He's getting ready to go. He's finally being free. He's very happy. He's talking about what he's going to do with his future, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, they had someone who would sit in the room with him all the time. And this particular guy, he was a Navy uh, corpsman. He left to do quote unquote an errand. When he came back, Forrestal was gone. He went out the window and landed on a roof uh, about three stories down. There was a cord wrapped around his neck and part of the cord was wrapped around a radiator in the room. So what they think happened was that he put the thing around his neck, tied it to the radiator, Radiator went out the window, but the cord snapped, and he actually died from uh, this fall. Now, right away, almost immediately, people started speculating that, you know, this just didn't look right. Number one, he was an interesting guy, real, real intellectual, but he was not the type of guy who uh, they thought would commit suicide. Number two, he knew a lot of secrets. Now, a number of things were going on when this guy was Secretary of Defense. First of all, as we said, you know, figuring out if the Russians had the bomb— if, are they going to explode it soon? Where did they get the information? It turns out they got it from spies in our own atomic, um, the Manhattan Project, our own atomic bomb-making secret project. Um, also, at the time, Israel was uh, becoming its own country and pushing some of the Palestinians in Palestine uh, aside so they could put their own country there. Uh, Forrestal was not uh, pro-Israeli. He kind of saw the Palestinian side, so he believed that there were Israeli agents uh, um, tailing him, eavesdropping on him, bugging his phone, things of that nature. He also, so with that, he knew someone was bugging his phone. He knew someone was following him. He just didn't know who. So someone said, go to the FBI and tell J. Edgar Hoover, which was a big mistake because it turns out FBI agents, Hoover said to him, this guy's kind of you know, not balanced. He knows a lot of top secrets. We have to keep an eye on him. So they put FBI agents who were actually tailing him. So a lot of people are kind of tailing this guy, eavesdropping, 
bugging his phones and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, he goes out the window. And he seems like an unlikely guy to go out the window. Um, so anyway, that's that's basically how it's left. Now, the strange thing is is that this guy is supposed to be – they've never really said that, that – they, they just ruled his death a suicide. But this guy was a guy who was supposed to be involved in this thing called Majestic 12, a Magic 12. And this was supposed to be a group of people in the U.S. government, very secret, who were briefed on what happened at Roswell. Now, the problem is is that um, nothing happened at Roswell. So uh, what this guy knew or he might not have known, I mean, it was a secret project sending these balloons over Russia with recording devices to see if they had actually exploded an atomic bomb. That's what was going on in Roswell, and one of those balloons crashed, and that is it. So this whole idea that he was part of this uh, super secret 12 people made a deal with the aliens and all this stuff, I think it's all really kind of BS. But he does see – but that has that has stuck with this case the entire time. There are people even today that still talk and write about and give lectures about the fact that James Forrestal was murdered because he knew too much about UFOs, really the first kind of uh, true crime UFO murder that we could come up with. Anyway, so that's the background on it. And I'm going to throw this to a uh, famous writer, um, Max Apula, because, uh, I mean – it sounds like a good book, right? But it just seems he was in a psychiatric hospital. It did seem he probably just went out the window. That's how I think. Yeah, probably, uh, but they, they, you know, again, it's the, the the God walking away at the right time, who's supposed to be the, you know, his orders were to stay there, and then all of a sudden the guy's out the window. So mm-hmm. this, because of that, it becomes something bigger than that, you know? Right. I think something more suspicious. But yeah, a book for certain. Yeah. He was put in there under the rest, uh, and I think someone, after he got in there, someone said, you know, this guy knows a lot of stuff. He knows a lot of stuff, and he's acting a little, you know, wacky. What do we do, you know? And if you really feel that there's this, like, kind of deep state government that's been, you know, in this country for a long time, a lot of people swear that this is what's really going on, and that's what we're going to do later on in the show, is really scary in that aspect. It seems like, you know, he was a very convenient person not to have around anymore, is like, I guess what I'm saying, Mike. Yeah, let's let's make it seem like he's a wacko more than he is, and, and you know, if we put that label on him, it makes it easier for the, you know, in the the uh, for the public when, when they're viewing everything to right. just sort of, you know, set it aside as yeah, he, he was sick, he jumped out the window, and that's the end of it. Right. They make the they, they make the convenient excuse beforehand, if you know what I mean. You know, they they yeah. set the table, if you believe that. Anyway, yeah, the James Armstrong. Go ahead, Mark. Your thoughts are that he he did jump. Well, he was in a psychiatric ward. You know, I mean, he was put there under the rest. Go ahead. Is that is that just like a can because like I mean, he could have been in a psychiatric ward because he was left-handed. Well, they, true. Yeah, the lefties were crazy back then. Yeah. And I mean, they're not. I mean, we we are, but mm. um, they they could have used that as an excuse, like, oh, this guy was nuts. Obviously, let's like finish off the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, yeah. someone will say that, hey, listen, I mean, you hate to think that our U.S. government would kill somebody, but there are people yeah, think that absolutely. it's that dark. And, you know, again, it was like he's a convenient guy not to have around anymore for many reasons, for many reasons, you know. But the fact that he was just, um, I don't know, I guess he they, they called, he was kind of like an intellectual kind of um, meek and mild type of guy, let's say, kind of like a meek and mild type guy. And uh, just not the type So they felt like because he was meek and mild, they put him on the 16th floor. With no bars on the windows. Well, that was a little odd. Yes, right. Okay, it's it's, it's a little bit you like. Um, Why couldn't they put him on the first floor? Lee Harvey Oswald. He would have landed on the lawn. That'd be fine. Right, he landed on the lawn. One, one. Okay. Come on. I mean, it's too bizarre. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you get it, into it. It seems but. like a lot of very, very 
like very specific things needed to happen in right. order to get him out that window. And Jeez. all of those things happened. Well, the guy leaving. Know, it's just me. Yeah. As, as Mike said, the guy leaving, the, the guy who's supposed to be watching him all of a sudden not being there. It's it's like uh, what's the smoke it? break. The smoking lamp was lit and he, he took a powder. Mm -hmm. Like Epstein in that jail down in yeah. New York, you know. Exactly. It's like, first thing I thought of. That's the right. first thing I thought of. Whitey Baldry. Whitey, just sit here for a second. We'll be right back. You know, here comes my friend with a bag of nickels. Oh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you go and they'll be right back. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, strange, strange. But yeah, someone said the first uh, UFO murder. You know, maybe. You know, it's very strange. The James Farstall case. Hey, kid, you've been listening. What do you think, kid? I told him to keep his mouth shut, but no. <laughs> He just wouldn't listen. Okay. We understand. Uh, well, uh, um, very interesting, Mac. Thanks for bringing it up. Why don't we do this? Why don't we Thanks, take Mac. a commercial uh, break now? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Milk Drinks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. For the second time tonight, this is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. What a show that's going on here all around us. The very famous one one is here, girls. Hello, Mac. We're having a great time. <laughs> if you knew you? what he was talking about 10 seconds before we hit the uh, button here, you probably wouldn't <laughs> listen to us again, as it turns out. It'll be on the outtake. Unless we're doing a podcast in prison or something. Thank you, one <laughs> one for being here. Uh, also, uh, no Coco, no Switch. Raven, our favorite good witch up there in Sideways, New York, is with us. Raven. Hi. Hey, <laughs> Raven. I would say you're glowing, but that'd be a little inappropriate, uh, judging from an earlier story about the reading girls. Uh, yeah, people are going to rethink that expression. People who, girls in the 20s who worked in watch factories and dealt with radium, which would literally make you glow and kill you, but they would get dressed up on Friday nights, get a real glow about them, and go out and hit the clubs, right? Did I get that part right? Nailed it. Just for that those club nights. <laughs> that voice you, know, you You could write that story about the, the mill girls, too, because uh, up here in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, it's known for uh, being a mill town. Yeah, but it doesn't have and the I, same sex appeal, does it? They're not glowing. They're just dirty. No, oh. they're not. They're just you know, got white uh, cotton dust all over the place. See, everyone thinks it's cold. Uh, now we're down another road here. We don't want to go down. Listen, thank you, Raven, for being with us. We appreciate it. Everything's good in your thank little you. world. Everything's good in my little world. Okay. Yeah. All right. A little universe, I should say. Everything's good with Scotch and Coke. He's good. The dog. He's good. Okay. And Friday the cat. Good. She is good. How's the ghost? The ghost in your house. You have a ghost in your house. Yeah. Friday was definitely the other day. She got real weird. And um, she was um, looking at something that I actually ended up taking my phone out to try to like record to see if I could see it through my phone lens. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't see anything, but she was doing like this very slow like lifting her paw up like she was really? scooping something up mm. we were thinking it was maybe an orb or something and i thought i might be able to capture it on my phone but i didn't see anything but she definitely saw something i have no idea what it was that stuff freaks it was me very out. weird it was about it lasted like about like 10 minutes her whole little thing escapade she was doing that stuff freaks me out more than hearing about ghosts and stuff. That animals, that dogs yeah. and cats can see stuff we can't. And I've heard so many stories. And they're always really kind of creepy. Speaking about creepy, I'm going to have to uh, go to the black eye kid first. Sorry, Max Fuller. 
Black Eyed Kid is with us here in his uh, mom's kitchen. How you doing there, Kit? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me back. Okay. All right. And uh, all good with you? I mean, I don't know what to say to you anymore. Everything good? How are you doing in school? How are you doing in, what, even the third grade or so for the fifth or sixth time? Yeah, third grade for the fifth or sixth time is going great. <laughs> okay, super. <laughs> you have a girlfriend or should we ask? I'll say Raven. Uh, yeah, but she doesn't know yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> the key word. Raven's cat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Encouraging him is very famous author Mike Zapula is joining us. MZ, how are you? Hello, man. Yeah, great to see everyone. Hope everyone's doing well. Good to see you. Does Good it look you, like Mark. we're out doing well? He wants us to break him out of a Mexican prison or something. Is that inappropriate? Anyway, he's the well, author. We're digging the tunnel. We're as digging we the speak. tunnel, right? Digging the out. Yeah. Hope uh, we're doing the, digging in the right direction. You are the author of the Last Longshoreman, great book about the Boston Docks. Right, and also Miami right. Underground might be my favorite. You know, in uh, in Unmasked with Jerry T was I just I'm only bringing him up because uh, we crossed the border a couple times to can into Canada, and he said, "Mark, we're not getting out of here because your picture looks like you're in prison." Oh wow, he was being nice. Tough love from Jerry. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jerry Chief is where we're, we're uh, the, the 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 three of us here have been lucky to you know rub elbows with Jerry Chief is one of the greatest NHL goalies ever. Maybe some people say. Ever, ever. Very sure. it, funny guy, interesting guy. Funny guy to hang around with, and we've done that a couple of times. And uh, we should get him Just on the numbers show. numbers retired, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, no. absolutely. Okay. Um, we should get him on the show. It's I don't, not up. It's what? It, it's what, Mark? It's not up there. They no, didn't retire. He, oh, you know why? Because he had that split when he went to Cleveland and became number. He went to the AHL. Wow, they got to retire his number. I didn't know that. I thought it was up but, there. That's, that's what I was saying. I didn't think it was. There's a lot of internal politics back there. He's he's you know told us about that. So and it's also in Mike's book, Unmasked, the story of Jerry Chivas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Story of Jerry from birth all the way to mm -hmm. a few years ago. Really interesting. Exciting, guy. Very yep. interesting, exciting. Especially if you love hockey, if you love history, it's it's great. Yeah, it's yeah, be. yeah. And and um, he told us this is how good. They, I mean, they were so good. We can't turn this into a sports segment. But in the early seventies, the Bruins like just like unbelievable. Okay, yeah. And they would say to him, "Hey, listen, just come into camp at like two o five. That's your conditioning program. Just come in at two o five. That's it." So he used to a week before he had to show up for camp, he'd drive around. He lived up in Canada. He'd drive around with plastic garbage bags around him to make him sweat, and he'd drive around with the heat on in his car. And he would sweat off the pounds. Okay, that's the that's the conditioning that he got in, and then go and have this unbelievable season. You know, and and I don't think any of those guys worked very hard, but they just no. oh. were a great team. You know, maybe you don't have great. to great talents. Hmm. Yeah, even in black and white, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. Raven, this is way before your time. Uh, so anyway, so um, yeah, Jerry Jeeves. Okay, <clears throat> I want to. Did I introduce everybody? Okay. Yeah. All hands are raised. Good. <clears throat> I just want to say one thing before we get uh, on to the next segment is that you know that our the show's official um, charity, I hate to use that word, is Homes for Our Troops. We uh, talk about them every week. They're on our show every once in a while. We had a World War II trivia contest a few weeks ago. Still reverberating about that because the general from Homes for Our Troops, Tom Rivermeyer, I, I always screw up his name, uh, General Tom, tied for first place with Jocko Johnson, of all people. But we give away a lot of 
free books. He's good. Jocko's Jocko good. Jocko knows his history, man. You know, you wouldn't know it, but he's so casual it, about it too. Yeah, he really is, but he knows a lot about it. So anyway, we had a good time with that. I got a letter from him today, and then from the show itself, we gave him, you know, uh, two hundred and fifty bucks. And what it turns out, they said that they got after that show, they got memos saying that people heard the show and made donations to Homes Right Troops, you know, oh, which is good. So yeah, yeah, it makes it all worthwhile. All this, you know, drunken partying on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. But people actually, you know, heard it, liked it, and donated to him. And also, we're going to be in touch with uh, one of the people who works there now. They're building a home for a female veteran in Massachusetts. And, and she explained to me, most of these homes are built in, let's say, you know, warmer climates, let's say. Even if the people yeah. are from New England, you know, it's better that they're down, you know, where it's a little warmer, just a little better to, you know, uh, make it, uh, you know, through every day, you know, if you're missing a limb or whatever. What Homes for Our Troops does. Yeah, just to make it that much easier. They, they build entire homes for people, uh, veterans, a post-9-11 action is what they call them, but basically the Iraq war, the Afghan war. Might have lost a limb or whatever. It's tough to get around. So they build these homes that are especially adapted from lower counter space. It's all on one floor, no steps to deal with, and they know how to do it. And then when it's completed, they tear up the mortgage, give them the keys. It's their house for free. And the success rate of people who actually, you know, were able to get into this program is great. You know, 85% of the people go on to live really good lives. And, you know, they've done almost, I think, 300 of these things. I mean, this is quite an organization. 88 cents of your dollar goes to, you know, building the veterans, the home and stuff. It's great. It's just a really good, and they're nice people. So anyway, maybe we'll see if we can get the person on, you know, when they build the house for them. It would be cool to have the person on the show. I think the person who's getting yeah, the house, nice. you know, it would be nice. And if it's going to be local, why not, right? be awesome, yeah. Homes for our troops, but it was really good to get that letter and say that, you know, our listeners, so thank you, our listeners actually donated, you know, to the cause. Okay, that's really good. So we should give yeah. ourselves and our listeners. Thank you so much, you guys. You round did of it. applause. It's a really good organization. So anyway, yeah, hey, hey, awesome. hey uh, Black Eyed Kid, uh, no chance of you ever getting drafted. Do you ever want to go in the Army? What would you be like in the Army? You'd be a spy or something. Yeah, I'd be a spy or I'd be um, in a submarine because I like to go down under the water. <laughs> Let's not read into that. Okay. okay. So, well, this will uh, this will interest the Black Eyed Kid. This is the story of the Bunny Man Bridge, right, Raven? The Bunny Man Bridge? Yes, it is. That, that's a great title for a CD for a progressive rock band. Okay, it's not, it's not Jimi Hendrix's, you know, Rainbow Bridge. It's not Robin Trower's Bridge of Size. It's not Bridge Over Troubled Water. It's the Bunny Man Bridge. This feels like a maybe the title of like a grunge album yes. from like the late 80s to early 90s. Definitely grunge. Post-grunge. We'll, yeah. Okay, go ahead. So what it's happened? It's not the bridge by Led Zeppelin. Uh, right, yes. <laughs> where's that Where's that confounded bridge? <laughs> it's not the bridge that the... I'm just looking for the bridge. Great song. It's not the bridge that the Polish people built in the Sahara Desert and had to blow up, but they couldn't because there were 5,000 <laughs> fishing from it. Okay, sorry, Ma. Okay. We got ahead oh of God. ourselves. Okay, so anyway, the Bunny Man Bridge. Please tell us, save us, Raven. So we're in 1904, Clifton, Virginia, um, and a bus is transporting uh, the criminally insane from an asylum in Lort, uh, from an asylum to Lorton Prison. Yes. Um, the bus crashes off of Colchester Overpass. Um, those who survived escaped and evaded capture for several months before being apprehended by the police. However, two inmates were unaccounted for. Uh, Marcus Walster's mutilated body would be found in 1905. His throat was cut and his remains were strung up from the bridge uh, and the surrounding forest was littered with half-eaten rabbit carcasses. The local police um, apparently were not alarmed by this at all. 
and called off the search for the remaining inmate, uh, Douglas Gryphon. Um, they assumed he was long dead and the bunny man was born. Uh, on November 1st, 1905, the bodies of three teenagers were found. Again, throats slit, bodies hung from the bridge. Um, an arrest was actually made in this case. Um, Adrian Hatella uh, was charged for the murders and was sent to Lorton Prison. But in 1907, nine more bodies were found at the bridge um, in the same manner. So she was wrongfully convicted. Um, but sadly, she ended up staying at Lorton Prison because of the trauma that she sustained. Um, it just drove her insane. But... Um, Lorton Prison didn't actually exist until 1910, and there was no asylum in Clifton. Um, so because record keeping was almost non-existent, uh, the bus crash story can't really be confirmed or denied. Mm. Um, but the thing about urban legends, of course, they come from somewhere. They definitely happened. It's just that those details become blurred. Right. So um, we're wondering where, you know, if this is true or not. Of course, again, there's no way to confirm that. But... Uh, this lore kind of continued. So in 1949, uh, the bodies of a mother and her eight-year-old daughter were actually found in shallow graves after they disappeared while driving uh, with the woman's husband. It's speculated that they also uh, crashed near what is known as the Bunny Man Bridge. Um, the husband would eventually be arrested for beating and shooting his wife, and he actually buried his daughter alive. So he's a gross human being. Oh, man. Holy cow. It's yeah. Uh, October 1970, an Air Force cadet and his girlfriend went parking uh, near the Bunny Man Bridge, only to be assaulted by a man in a white suit and wearing long bunny ears. So I'm assuming that means like a, just like a Halloween costume, cool yes. bunny ears type of thing. Yes. Um, according to, and I'm, I'm sure everyone knows what parking means, so I'm not going to go into that. But according to the cadet, uh, the man in the bunny suit threw a hatchet through his windshield and then just nonchalantly skipped off into the night. <laughs> kind of the end of that <laughs> after that incident <laughs> Go ahead. reports of a crazed man wielding a hatchet began circulating but some of the local um, people in clifton speculated that he was actually a lunatic member of the kkk cool uh, hence the white robes makes it which is also gross yes go ahead <laughs> <laughs> um much of the evidence of the many bizarre stories um, surrounding this legend point to the 1970s being the origin of Mr. Bunny Man, uh, but we really can't definitively prove who is the person and why they did what they did. It's just kind of all speculation. Yes. So at this point, it's, you know, is the Bunny Man 100% folklore or is there some type of evil that exists here on this road in Clifton? Yes. Let's ask and someone who might know. The bunny man is born. Can I? Yeah, I'm sorry. Can I ask someone who might know? Yeah. Black eyed kid. What's going on there? Well, now, now, here's a, now here's a situation where there's been a lot of bloodshed at this particular bridge for some reason, including a person who was parking, and we all know what that means, and uh, had a guy it's in a like submarine races, except uh, you don't have to be near the water. Right. Okay. For, yeah. every, for we, everyone we, born we in 1920, you'll know why. You know what that the means? Merrimack River. But listen, and some guy shows up in a bunny outfit. I can just see this. He looks like Harvey from Broadway or something with an axe. Throws yeah. it through the windshield, right? Through the windshield? He threw it through the windshield. And then walks like away? Hatchet, I'm assuming like maybe boomerang style? Uh, something. <laughs> wow. So it's, so it's a talented guy in a bunny suit trying to murder you. Sounds like – Go ahead, please, Mark. No, I'm sorry. I said it was a good arm. <laughs> okay, right. Go ahead, uh, uh, Black Eyed Kid. Please, you have to weigh in on this. Yeah. Um. 
in my experience, this is a real story. Um, I, it's real. Bunny Man's real because he's got to get his carrot, yo. <laughs> but what if Bunny Man just went to the store and shoplifted? Would that maybe be easier than killing people? Or is it a... Not as much fun. Like he needs to work for his carrot, yo. <laughs> you got to work for that carrot. <laughs> So they never found any kind of suspect that uh, some creep show jerk that was doing this. There were several police reports, but yes. as uh, far as I can find, the only arrest would have been Adrian Hatala. Okay. But it's unconfirmed if that was even real because, you know, it could have been, maybe there was a bus crash. Right. But yeah, sure. Right. It's like that really bad game of telephone where it keeps being retold and retold. And, right. and plus it's 1903. So like who's keeping record of things? No right. one cares. So, so, yeah. so with the, yeah. oh, go ahead, go ahead, please. No, I was just going to say there, there were several other arrests um, later in like the seventies that were made, but mm -hmm. again, those cases ultimately were dropped. Yep. Yeah. So the people that they arrested were released. So it, it was like, eh, whatever. So, so, so there's the idea would be, or the myth would be, or the true story would be that there was there's some kind of deranged person who you know, should be in a mental institution, but is running around the forest dressed as a rabbit and apparently eating rabbits, right? Mm. Yes. Yep. Raw. Some of the um, accounts I read also said that it wasn't a rabbit costume, but he was wearing the rabbit pelts. After oh. Aware. oh, okay. <laughs> so it's it, it just depends on what you read. Okay. You, it, it's both ways. Okay. All right. You know how that goes. But listen, so in other words, he's, he's making, he's eating the rabbits, but using the fur. So, you know, as the Native Americans used to do, I'm sure, right? Or the, uh, you know, the first uh, pioneers and stuff. Okay. So he's, he's, he's an environmentalist. He's looking after what's happening. He's just a murderous guy who thinks he's a rabbit. Sure. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. He's definitely a philanthropist. Wow. And so he's eating the rabbits, but he wants to kill anyone who's in the in the vicinity of Bunny Bridge. Is it on Halloween or anything? Is there is it date specific? So some things I read were very, very date specific. Ultimately, what 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 is the 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 entire rule to the whole thing is that if you're in the bridge, because it's it's a tunnel bridge, okay. concrete tunnel bridge. So yeah. if you're in the bridge on midnight on Halloween. Basically, the bunny man is going to find you. Going to get you. Okay. But I, I think it's. Um, it can also be maybe if if bunny man feels the need to kill someone, just ruin your day. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. To, All right. You know. And to quote the kid, black eyed kid, he needs that carrot, yo. Right? Is that what we said? That's right. Yeah. I want to get a t shirt made of that. Wow, <laughs> the bunny man bridge. And where is this? Wait, this is in Virginia somewhere, right? Clifton, Virginia. It's wow. in Fairfax County. Oh, my. A lot of troublemakers down there. So, I'm sorry, Fairfax Station County. Even better. Uh, well, listen, Raven, thank you very much for scaring the hell out of us. Bunny Man Bridge, okay? I love it. You're welcome. Bunny yeah. Man Bridge I by get, the man. I want to go down there and look for him. On Halloween? Yeah. Yeah. We should all go. Yep. We'll do a show. I'm in. We'll get the winner back. show from the bridge, from inside the tunnel where I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> have. Uh, I'm going to bring extra pants because I'll be. What? I'm going to be, you know. No, don't, don't. That's, that's sign language we never want to say. <laughs> all right, wow. Okay. We got it all. All we need is to get down to Fairfax. Fairfax. Virginia. All right. Why don't we do this, though? In the meantime, while we plot that, why don't we take a commercial break now? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Money Military Action Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned.
Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, if you're still with us, what a ride it has been. Girls, very famous one when it's here. It looks very studious. Hey, hey Mac, uh, yeah, it has been a ride. It's uh, tremendous. You're taking notes. Are you taking notes? Play some, play some ride music underneath the rejoins. Right, yeah. It's in a ride. There you go. Maybe you could drive my car. I don't know. It's It's been a crazy, crazy show. Right. No Coco, no Switch. Maybe that's the reason or not. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Coco kind of uh, keeps it on the rail. Really? The third rail. But I'm actually glad he's not with us tonight because oh. Oh. I don't really feel like it should be on the rail. It should oh, really? Be. I can see somewhere somewhere Coco's in the on cockpit the side track. of a fighter plane going, oh, there's been a change in the force. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Up there in Sideways, New York, looking very Zooey de Chanel tonight, is uh, Raven, a good friend, a favorite good witch, Raven. How are you tonight? And a fashion expert. Fashion Hello. Expert. Yes, I'm a fashion expert. I'm sitting at a very squeaky desk tonight. It's Ooh. extra squeaky tonight, and I apologize if you can hear that. <laughs> I can hear it. Once again, the black eyed kid is licking his lips. Look, very famous author, Mike Sapuler is with us. Mike, how are you doing? Doing great. It's been a, a great show so far. A lot of laughs. <laughs> Love seeing everyone. It's been awesome. <laughs> it's crazy, Mark, isn't it? So it's me, crazy. Let me ask this question. So what are you getting out? Eight to ten? What are you doing? A dime or a nickel? And inside joke. He looks like a prisoner. What are you doing? A dime? And <laughs> I was going to say, don't even answer him. <laughs> Sorry. Mark, what are you in for? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Like eight to f- Eight to fifteen right now. He has dressing up as a bunny man, <laughs> dressing up like a bunny. Yeah. <laughs> There's five extra years just for that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> if he volunteers to be the prison prison barber, he'll be uh, he'll get out with a good time. I'm glad you said barber. Hey, listen. Also, that other voice you heard was the black eyed kid. How are you doing there, Mark kid? Okay. I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I really. Okay. Good. Um. So uh, your third grade, fifth time, fifth try at the third grade. So at some point you'll get there. It's like taking your bar exam or your, you know, going for your doctor's license or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll get there. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, it's been a crazy show. So why don't we make it crazier? We got top five questions to ask the little, no. What's his name? The black eyed kid. He is little. Okay. Uh, whoop. Uh-oh. That's bad sign, they dude. Bad sign. <laughs> Okay, let me just uh, see if we do a, a top five hit. Okay, ready? Fill in the blank. You ready there, uh, kid? Yep. Fill in the blank. And is Mark still with us? We need his laughter and his. I'm here. Okay, good. He's there. There he is. Okay. All right. Well, all right. We thought parole came and you were suddenly gone. I got to leave it alone. I'm sorry to do it. All right. Um, <laughs> it's all right. You're not the first. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I fill, fill in the blank. Ready? Jack and Jill went up the. Thrill. <laughs> what was it again, please? They went up the thrill. The thrill? Yeah, he's thrilled. <laughs> okay. Want to do that again? <laughs> Let's try that again. Okay. Okay, ready. Uh, black Eyed Kid. Fill in the blank. Jack and Jill went up the... Hill to fetch a bunny man's carrot. <laughs> okay. Not bad. I'd say a double, all right? A double squeak that's way through. Excellent. Okay, ready? Number two. Fill in the blank. Mary had a little... Hand. (laughs) A little hand. I'm thinking of the worst stuff. I can't even say it. Wow. Wow. 
Okay. Uh, okay. This is right off the top of my head here. Um, I huffed and I puffed and I blew. Oh, no. You shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Not anybody I know. <laughs> wow. Okay. But how do we get from bunny to this? From bunny man to this? Let's see. Two more. Uh... Uh, I hear a knocking at the door. It must be the police. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> okay. Maybe three's enough. Thank you. I, can... no, I got one. Let me, let me okay, try go ahead. Little right. Bo Peep has oh. lost her sheets. <laughs> I don't know. Her mind. Her sheets? Her mind. Wait, did he say her sheets? Are they in the laundry, you mean? That type sheets. of thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Because she had to do her laundry. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Laundry day. One All more. Right. Let's see. One more. One more. Hmm. Oh, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's just. It's just. Right. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> wow. It's just too hard to answer. <laughs> It's okay, you know, kid. It's 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 a rule of comedians. Keep your keep your good material, you know, back. Okay, you don't have to all you know do it all at once. All right, hold some back for laughs somewhere. I guess that works. Hopefully, in the near okay. future. Thank you, kid. Have you been? You you were a stand-up comic at one point, kid, right? In your brief career, second grade or so. Yeah, I was a class clown, and I did a couple pro shows mm -hmm. before I started to settle down into stocking. <laughs> just. just... <laughs> Could you spell stocking at people's first. windows? Right. Yeah. Stocking. Yeah. Okay. Knocking on doors. And, Can I come in? I'm selling Girl Scout cookies. I'm filling in for this girl that just kind of took a sudden fall just a second ago. Wow. I see Jehovah's Witness. Open up. <laughs> I have a pamphlet for you. It's the end of the world again. Again. Wow. It's Armageddon. I know you saw the movie, but this one's for real. I'm going to get out of here. I'm getting real. I'm going to get real, baby. Wow. What have I created? Talk about the two-headed monster. Holy cow. You can hardly tell them apart. Anyway, Ken, I'm going to throw a question to you, okay? It's about, uh, you know, um, celebrities these days. Yes or no? We take, uh, we ask this question every uh, once in a while of our celebrities. You know how, who Martha Stewart is? Yeah. 80. Shouldn't it? One I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I was gonna, I was gonna ask him how if he knew how old she was. Now you know she's a she's a big UFO enthusiast. That's why we're talking about her tonight. How old do you think she is? Unless you heard one one, throw it out. Um, seventy eight. Seventy eight. You're off by two years. She's eighty years old. Okay. She's oh, she is eighty. Holy moly. Right. Oh, okay. You know that. Well, just guessing. I'm still shocked by that. Me every too. Day. I would have never guessed. Even more she's... shocking. Another ah, UFO. I, yeah. Wow. Another UFO enthusiast slash celebrity. Who's a good friend of hers, Snoop Dogg, is in a business relationship with her, but it supposedly it goes beyond that. Black eyed kid, what do you think? You think? Well, you think Snoop is hitting that? Black eyed. Yeah, they're, smoke, <laughs> they're smoking a bunch of the duty, and then, yeah, he's showing her how to make an easy living. <laughs> yes, they call it the chronic, I think. But in her case, it might be chronic knees, chronic elbows, you never know. It's chronic pain. Chronic pain. Okay. Well, you've been listening to the show, right? Okay, hang on. Snoop and Stewart. Wow. So listen, what happened um, when you did stand-up, kid? Did you get a lot of laughs or stuff thrown at you or what? Sometimes I'd get laughs. Sometimes I'd hear crickets. Really? Yeah? Yeah. I, 
I, oh, like this? Oops, sorry. Oh, that was no. Wow. You know what? Do I, don't, I don't even know where they are. Huh. There we go. 14,000 uh, bucks for the special effects generator and the hard time records. Wow, we're going to have to sweeten this baby up with, with, with gallons okay. of saccharin. It'll be, you know, you'll listen to it and you'll, you know, almost go into diabetic shock. It's going to be so Joseph, sweet. Take Joseph's from, kid is going to be working oh, overtime. Listen. And he's down in Florida. What, what's, what's with that? This is the first I hear That's about right. it. I read it is hanging down the hang around with the freaking, uh, what do you get, the manatees in Florida where, you know, we get like two or three shows to be edited. That just adds to the fun. So, anyway, I got one more crazy story. Uh, Raven, can we just ask you a question? Sure. Okay. Are you having fun tonight? Tell Always. us the truth. No, no, no. See, you'd, you would say that all the time, no matter what. That's not true. Yes, it is. Come on. She would tell you if she was having a sucky no, time. No, somehow, no. I'm I'm clearly having a good time. Really? Okay. Yeah, I can yeah. tell. She is having a good time. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, so confirmed by 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I can tell. I can see it in her eyes. Can't you see it in her eyes? Look at it. They're glowing. They're glowing. That's not, that's not good. <laughs> her her coffee-filled eyes. My coffee-filled eyes. <laughs> Uh, not to not to beat the coffee thing. I'm glad to hear that you drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, because but, I but, can but see yeah, the benefit of it. All right, number one, what is what brand? Do you have a do you have a special brand? I know someone used to drink chock full of nuts. It was like freaking rocket fuel. Okay, uh, what, what is the? Uh, um, so I am a psychopath, as you guys know, oh. and I take I take um, Sam's Club coffee, members mark donut shop blend yes. and i mix it with all these coffee french vanilla blend two bags yeah. i put it together in a big 150 ounce container and i mix it all up and that's the coffee i drink mm. because that's i uh, i just can't use anything else i don't know wow. why but, <laughs> <laughs> wow so is is there any you know rhyme or reason to the concoction or just you know throw in a whole bunch of everything it just tastes really good because really? i don't really like Overly flavored coffee. Yes, go ahead. But I don't like the um no I don't like the plain coffee either. So okay. it's that balance. Wow. Hmm. I see. I've been doing more. that for about fifteen years and it's been working out really well. Really? Sam's Club, huh? Huh. Yeah, Both man. bags of Sam's Club? The bright blue bag with a big donut on it. You can't miss <laughs> How it. How can you so miss I that? that. Right. Yeah. And I get all these coffee and I just mix them together. Now do you do you, you know, do you drink it black? Black, black like my men, you know. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> what? Hang on. From airplane. Oh, I didn't, oh I didn't girl, I take it black like my men. <laughs> the little-eyed kid just fell off his stool. Get up I here. I am the palest person I know. <laughs> Get back up on your feet there, kid. Wow. Wow. Okay. Excellent job. Great. Okay. Yeah, cool. So, um, you know, this kid should work in the docks. That's, she need, she, she'll fit right in down there, right, Mark? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, we're not the docks. Right. Give her a scally cap and one of those Sign hooks. me up. Those metal hooks. Down to the, on the docks. Down the docks, yeah. <laughs> Why not, you know? <laughs> anyway, uh, so listen, so I got well, like one more like really strange story tonight, and this one is like really creepy. Um, and I had heard about it you know, years ago, and, and you guys might have heard about it too. I just said, actually I had notes tonight. How about that? Um, so like in 1991, there was this reporter, and his name was uh, – uh, Donnie Casolafo, Casolafo, no, C-A-S-O-L-A-R-O, Casolafo. How would you say that, Mike? You're the resident Italian. Casolario. Yeah, Casolario. 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 I'm going to guess. Okay. Casolario sounds good. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so 
He was a freelance uh, reporter. Okay, here we go. There's a picture of him. He looks like from the Dukes of Hazard. Doesn't he look? Doesn't they have that Dukes yeah. of Hazard like, thing going on yeah. there? Okay. So anyway, yeah. um, Casalaro. Okay. Okay. So Casalaro. Yeah. He he was a freelance writer. You know, here and there, he was connected to a certain extent. He grew up very wealthy and so on and so forth. So anyway, he got into this story about uh, now. This, now this is in the late '80s now about this software that I'm sure one one you probably heard. It was called Unis, right? And what it was? Unix. You, no, 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 not that. Not it Unix. Was, no, no, no. It was. Uh, I got that wrong. But um, Primus and. What it was was this software that you would sell to law enforcement companies, um, law enforcement itself, private companies around the world. They sold this, okay? And it turns out that the Justice Department actually stole the idea of this particular software, sold it around the world, and put backdoors into it so anyone who bought it, they could spy on without them knowing it. Have you heard about that? Mm. Yeah, I've heard about it. Okay, technically. About that particular product, I've heard about that kind of yeah, tactic. It, it is in Eunice, so we don't get sued. It is in Eunice. It's uh, something right, else. Right. So anyway, so now he's on this story, okay? And he has, you know, what is, as it turns out, you know, some kind of credible evidence that that happened. First of all, the Justice Department was convicted in court for doing it, okay? So he was on to something, all right? But somewhere along the line, person who claims that they kind of did this, you know, manipulation behind everyone's back and put these backdoors into this software so we could spy on everyone. It turns out that he is also the guy who claims to have engineered the October Surprise, okay? Now, for you kids out there who don't remember the October Surprise, what happened was Jimmy Carter was the uh, president, and the Iranian hostages were still in Iran, and the story, as the story goes... They, the uh, Ronald Reagan campaign made a deal with Iran to hold the hostages until after the election, um, you know, with benefits to come. So if you remember that day, I remember it, uh, probably high in college. And um, what happened was Carter loses, Reagan gets sworn in. As soon as, you know, Ronnie took his hand off the Bible, swearing in, the jet with the hostages is on the runway all warmed up. To freedom, okay? So, hey, it looks suspicious. Let's put it that way, all right? And then a year later, they're giving them the money to the Iron Contra the works. So anyway, so this guy claimed to this freelance reporter, all these things really happen, and they happen because of a cabal of very rich intellectual people who have been running the world for, for years, for centuries. It's that whole Illuminati thing, okay? Illuminati with guns type thing. <clears throat> so he he... He lets people know that he's going to want to publish this in, um, is it Mother Jones? Is that the name of the magazine there, Wani? Mother Jones? Could be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. They're kind of left. I don't know the story, but. Yeah, like Rolling Stone. They're kind of like, you know, lefty, right? Mother Jones is kind of like an alternative uh, magazine. Why don't you take magazine yeah. or something? So anyway, so, he, he, you know, he was going to publish it in a, in a you know, reputable magazine, let's say. And uh, he started getting calls in the middle of the night. And um, a lot of them were threatening calls, but a lot of them, which is even worse, is they would just call and there'd be no one at the other end. The black eyed kid knows all about that. And he got these on, on a regular basis, and so did his housekeeper. So anyway, he takes off one day. It's in May of um, 1991 to go to this hotel in Virginia, in this kind of small town in Virginia, to meet this guy who's going to give him all the info about this thing that he has come to call the octopus, okay? The octopus is supposedly eight people in this world that control everything, and, and you know, they, and they're pulling the strings on the Iran Contra and so on and so forth, okay? The elite, the Illuminati, the deep state thing. Um, 
So anyway, he, he goes and he, he sees people at this hotel. It just happens that this friend of his is renting the uh, hotel room next to him. He becomes friends with the guy who lives on the other side of him. He's there for a, for a couple of days, I guess, and interacting with a lot of people, telling people that he's waiting for his contact to come and give him the story that's going to make the biggest story ever, right? He's, he must be drunk because he's telling everyone this. So then, you know, then they see him, you know, buy a coffee and go to his room and that's it. Okay, so... Noontime the next day, housekeeping comes in. This guy's in the bathtub, and it's like it's a mess. It's so bad that you know one of the housekeepers who had probably seen everything, you know, passed out and hit the floor. There's just like a lot of blood everywhere. So they call the cops, and the cops come in, and the, and and even the cops and the um, paramedics are saying the same thing. This this you know no one can do this to themselves. You know no one can do this to themselves because after the third or fourth cut, you're dead or you're unconscious. This guy was like cut really deep, like about fifteen times. All right. So anyway, but they completely cover up the entire thing. They completely cover up this guy's kind of suspicious death, and um, his friends, you know, said, "Well, you know, where are his notes and everything like that." Boom, notes, not there, not not there. You know, just missing, never found, nothing. So the whole story kind of goes away. And so when you look at these. Um, just kind of like other aspects of the story. Like, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers Lyndon LaRouche. You probably voted for him there, yeah. Wani. You remember him? Yep. Okay. He's a very, very fringe character back in the 80s and 90s. Ran for used, president. Used to run for president, you know, but he was like very fringe. Had a thing about, you know, had a thing against the royal family in England. And I really kind of, you know, Kukul, right? But anyway, but it turns out that this reporter is getting information from this guy. So you have to kind of consider the source, let's say, and who knows what the hell he was up to. But he just didn't seem to be the type of guy who would do this, okay? And there's a lot of evidence and just a lot of creepy aspects of this. It's kind of a longer story than this that has to do with, like, wow, why would this guy do this in what an odd way and what did the cops think and so on and so forth. But here's the creepy part. So he had a lot of friends. He had a lot of reporters. He had a lot of, you know, friends, you know, of people like you'd see on TV back then in the uh, 90s, right, on-air people. They all go to his funeral. It's a very solemn event. And... They're doing the uh, the service in the graveyard, and the crowd is there, and a car pulls up, and out of the car comes a guy in a military uniform and a guy in plain clothes. The military guy walks over to the ceremony, places a medal on the casket as it's about to be lowered into the ground. They both get in the car, and they take off. They do this in front of like 100 people, and they bury them, and that's it. And so you say, what the what? Think about that for a second. What's, the, what's going on there? Yeah, who are those guys? Who are those guys? And does it make this whole story true? And, and, and this guy did something heroic in the eyes of these two guys, and they said, we have to do something? I mean, isn't that strange? It is. Does it make you think that, or does it make you think, is this some type of a, a tactic to make them think that something good was mm -hmm. done so that it distracts you from yep. other things that they're looking but, into? But, but what a way to because do it. I mean, that article is crazy, and yeah. he, it's, that is not a suicide. No, no, no. <laughs> there's no yeah. way. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, and here's how crazy it was, and, and not to get into this, you know, this this subject, but, you know, when the cops come in and they look at a, at a scene, you know, the cops are like a fireman. They know, they've seen it all. They know exactly, you know, where the fire started. They know who hit who. I mean, exactly. they, they just see it so yeah. many times, right? They come in, they go, there's something wrong here. There's just something wrong here, you know, and, and they let people know it, but- it just, you know, got kind of buried under this whole thing. And then this guy was kind of, you know, he wasn't even. I didn't, I don't, you know, his friends didn't say he was depressed or anything. And he was just on the verge of having the story. But to make right. it, 
to, to, to have a police report that has to do with someone taking their life, they said that one of the factors is, is that there has to be alcohol on the scene. Not has to be, but if there is alcohol on the scene, that's an indicator that this is, you know, what's happening, okay? They found one can of old Milwaukee in this guy's apartment now, first of all. Maybe that's one what can. killed him. Ever, t- <laughs> ever taste that stuff? Julie didn't have any taste. All right. Give me a break. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, think about that. But that fulfilled, the, you know, alcohol being at the scene type thing. So Right, it, because it's 1991. Yeah. And they're like, check. Yeah, really, yeah. And so, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's gone. And so then, it, so then this other theory came up. And, and here's, here's a disinformation theory, I think. And I, and I wish Coco was here. All of a sudden, this, the story starts floating around that he staged it to make it look like a murder so his friends would carry the flag on. Do you know what I mean? Would carry, you know, the, oh, we got to investigate. This is his sign to them from beyond the grave. Please keep looking into it. Well, it didn't work because the whole thing just kind of dropped away. But it, I guess on one hand is one of those things where if you kind of followed what this guy was up to, he just seemed like, you know, a kind of non, you know, a reporter, you know, who was on a big story. He, there wasn't anything really weird about him. Until he kind of mixed up, and then someone said uh, they they've written a couple stories about him. One guy said uh, he got caught up in a Bermuda triangle triangle of spooks, spies, ghosts, and radium or something. You know, who the hell knows? But you know, he just he just went like a little I don't know what the word is. You know, to him, it was just surprising to everybody about what happened to him. So, so Mark, uh, you know, very oh, famous uh, writer. There's a lot of how about that? How about writing a story about that guy? That screams intrigue to me. You know that this story and the other absolutely mystery, murder. You know yeah. I love that stuff. But yeah, that, yeah. that 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 could be uh, crafted into something good. I think. Yeah. 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 Really. And what the it, weird thing about the two is that mm-hmm. both of the victims in these situations are air signs. Wait a minute. Because Jim was an Aquarius, yes. and uh, Daniel. Daniel is that his name? Yep. Let's call him Daniel. He. He was a Gemini. Huh. Does that say something? No, let's explain it. <laughs> but but air signs. Oh, what are, that one, right? Yeah, what is what are air signs? What are air signs? Are the people the dopey people? Air signs are dopey? It, those those the zodiac signs. So Gemini's, right, Libras, right. and Aquarius. That, those yeah. are air signs. Okay, what are the So guys? it's just kind of interesting that both of the and so many years apart. What are the odds of that? I don't know. Somebody do the math for me because uh, I'm not going to do it. Uh, me neither. But what are the characteristics of an air sign? Um, so they're kind of I mean, flighty is the obvious, you know, response to that. But they are incredibly loyal when they do find a companion type Uh of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Loyal to friends, I should say, as well. Um, And what what sign are those? What what? Give us a a Gemini's air signs. What else? We're we're completely ignorant of all this, as you can tell. So Gemini's air signs. Yeah, Aquarius and Libra. Hey, wait a minute! I'm Aquarius. What's? I know you are. Anyway, well, that's We've interesting. We've been over this. <laughs> Recently on this show? Can I just tell you something? Yeah, man. <laughs> I listen, Raven, I do not, more than anything else in the world, I do not want to deflate your balloon, as the kids say, but when I worked in a newspaper, okay, um, you, you have, uh, you know, you write the stories and you go on the other side of the room and there's the paste up people, okay? And every day, you know what I mean? They paste, they, this is the old days, they put the sports headlines up and they put the stories in, they put the ads in. They put the scores to the basketball games and, you know, that's how they used to do it, right? So we would walk our pages over to these guys and you just stand there and you watch them kind of assemble the page, right? And 
when it came to you know having the three inch uh, three by three hole at the top of the page where they would put the um, zodiac sign, right? That, of the day, astrology signs of the day. Oh, I hate to break your heart, but what they used to just do is reach into it like a big box full of these things and randomly pull out the zodiac, you know, of the day and put them in there. So you're not going to break my heart because I do know that there's a science behind it. Okay. So it's something that I believe. Okay. All right. All right. Should we do a whole show? Are we still in the age of Aquarius, by the way? Are we in the age of Aquarius? Yeah. I yes. think that ended like a year ago. Come on, Wawa. Oh, really? Get with it. What are you doing? Okay. What are we in now? Yeah, it is a song. The age of... We're, We're in Aries now. Aries? Okay. And what's the matter with Aries them? season right now. Okay. Tell us, uh, what's the characteristics of an Aries? Or did we just go through that? Of an Aries or of an Aquarius? We know. An Aries is a fire sign and they're friggin' psychopaths. Really? <laughs> Sorry okay. to any Aries out there. I'm going to guess, uh, let's see, Black Eyed Kid, what, what sign are you? I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm a Virgo. Oh. oh. Not a Vir. Oh. Not a Virgin. I wish I was a Virgo. Really? Okay. What does it mean? It means that you're very docile and down to earth. Fooled you. I wish you. I was that. Fooled you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cancer. I'm very crabby. Uh, well, water sign. Oh, you're a water sign. I'm a water sign too. Yep. Oh, you're, oh, you're uh, a water sign. Okay. So, what is water sign characteristics? Let me guess. Conning effect lights up the room every time you walk in, even though we're on the radio. Born in a sign of water. I feel like we're all like absolute psychos. Bad voice. Mm -hmm. Maybe just maybe just um, Scorpios. Scorpios are okay. Oof. Right, now we Scorpios, have... Pisces, and Cancers are all water signs. Mm -hmm. and, and what, what, what? Before we ask uh, famous author Mike Zapula his sign, uh, what are the zodiac signs we people we should avoid? Who do you want to have no trouble with at all? Scorpios seem to be troublemakers all the time. Yes, no. They don't bother me personally, okay. but um, I mean, like Charles Manson was a Scorpio, uh -huh. so that's that's okay. an indicator. But there's like. You know, like John Wayne Gacy was a Pisces too, so that's like a. Hmm. But I mean, there's really there's good and bad for everything. There's really none that you should avoid, and none that you should you know go out of your way to. Meet, avoid. Okay. All right. You know, it's really just. I feel like it's an introvert extrovert type of thing. You know, do you do you want to meet people or do you not want to meet people? No. <laughs> you know, that's really what. I never want to meet people, uh, and, and I'm gonna go, <laughs> go right to Mike. Mike, you don't want to meet people either, do you? I don't want to meet people. I guess not. Listen, I almost referred to you as seven seven one two 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 three. Listen, what is your zodiac sign? I'm a Cancer. Really? Yeah. All right. Okay. What's that mean? What's now? He's, yeah, Generally, the most compatible signs for Cancer friendships and romantic relationships are fellow water signs, Pisces and Scorpio, as they'll just get it with regards to the emotional language get it. that Cancer speaks. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Just mm. look up Aquarius there. Just tell me all the bad things about Aquarius. Really, in the, in the next seven minutes, can you, Bonnie? Sure. <laughs> we'll play a little music here. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. <laughs> Aquarius is complicated, especially because you have water in your in your sign, but your chart is air based. So you yeah. have like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm mysterious. Am I am I a water sign or am right. I an air sign? You're an air. Aquarius sign. is a water bearer, but it's not a water sign. Like Febreze. How about the uh, Gemini's? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, let's get to Aquarius. Wait a minute. Aquarius people are advanced, self-reliant, clever, exceptional, and optimistic. Fooled you. Aquarians, like air, lack a distinct form and appear to resist classification. Others are enthusiastic and active, 
while other Aquarians are calm and sensitive. Well, you know. I think it depends on if you're a January Aquarius or a February Aquarius. Oh, really? Yeah? Okay. That's the dividing. That's the Berlin Wall. I'm a February Aquarius. You got any problems? That's with with every, because I'm like a February Pisces and then like March Pisces are like completely different. Really? Yeah. It's, there's, there's definitely like a change, a shift that happens. Okay. Let me ask you this. This is probably a little bit too personal. I believe in it. This is this probably is a little bit too personal, but seeing as Mike and I are writers and everything is research. So let's say in your in your dating life, can we say that much? Your dating life? In mine? Not yet. <laughs> no, hers, of course. Oh, I said Mark. Sorry, go ahead. We, know, we know about okay, yours. Okay. He's the only writer I know who has groupies, right? Yes, Mark? Yes or no? Yes, yes. or no? Yes. So anyway, bro, yes. let's go back to you. So did you ever, you know, not not go out with a guy because he had the, he was the wrong sign, or he would screw up and you'd say, "Man, I know it," because he was a friggin' Scorpio. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Really? See, man, oh man, that's not fair. I don't think. Hey, and the guys would remember this because she's too young. But used to go in a bar, you know, and say, "Hey, babe." What's your sign? Oh, the classic pickle. That was important to get either the party started or to walk away and. You never yep. really said that to anyone, though, did you? Cozy up to somebody else. Did you ever say that to me? anybody? No, I mean, uh, no. I'm me? sure people asked you, Raven, but you never really said it to anyone. Did you there, one one? When somebody asked me what my sign was, well, when I different. told them I was a cancer, they they were, okay. it was a bonus. I didn't always understand why, to be honest with you. And what was it? The, the uh, cancers are alluring and romantic and uh, yeah, sensitive quality about them yeah wow okay he's right he's right (laughs) see i'm not even reading it i mean that's what i know known it to be okay uh i'm always skeptical about stuff like that but let me ask you this that's really how it turned out what zodiac sign sees the most ufos Hmm. um i mean i don't i've never looked it up that'd be something i would have to look up i would say it would have to be an air sign, right? It makes sense. I don't know why, because but, they're self-like. I, I, I mean, anything, ghosts. I mean, I want that might be interesting. What, what you know, zodiac yeah. sign sees you know witnesses are you know just um, encounters the most paranormal things. Mm-hmm. You know, that might be something we have to look into because off the top of my head, I have no idea. We should get yeah. a million dollar grant for that. I think that's. Let's write the U.S. government. We should do that right now. <laughs> So anyway, uh, be good, uh, PhD topic. we'll rate it yeah. up and you can go down to D.C. and open some doors for us and get us. Can you imagine us with a million dollars? I just saw uh, an article that says the three zodiac signs most likely to believe in and sense paranormal activity. Why? Aquarius is one. Uh, to be totally obsessed with the paranormal, maybe it's because... It's considered one of the weirdest, most out there signs. Go ahead. Uh, no one else, Aquarius. Reference to a ghost hunting show. Just me. Okay. All right. And what are the other ones? What are the other ones? Aquarius, uh, Scorpio, those wise asses. Let's see. Meanwhile, we'll play a little music. Aquarius, here. Virgo. Yay. Oh, see what's happening here? Virgo. Okay. Smart girl, but she also knows that the smartest people stay open-minded. When it comes to the paranormal, she is interested because it's a topic that is very unlike her personality. Wow, huh? Now you're saying that... Earth and logical, about ghosts and aliens. 
tries to make sense out of it all instead of just enjoying the unknown. So what I say? Uh, Bingo, kid. Virgo, Aquarius. Yeah, Aquarius, okay. Virgo was the other one. It was three. Scorpio. Who knows? But uh, uh, listen, uh, so so Black Eyed Kid, so you really truly are a Virgo? Is that what you're saying? That's real. Yes, yeah. that's okay. real. Pisces. 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 All right. So you really hate Pisces. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Pisces. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but are you a February Pisces or a March Pisces? Makes a difference. Oh, February Pisces. Really? Yeah. So you're one of the good ones. You mean those, those March Pisces? I'm one of the good ones. I hate those. Also, Keanu Reeves and Freddie Mercury are both Virgos. Oh, Just good. Throwing that out there. Interesting that you brought up Freddie Mercury. Okay, so we can talk about this now, I think. Right. So anyway, our um, good friend Matt Maley, who uh, played bass for a long time and the Counting Crows, they're big in the 90s. And uh, he was in them for 14 years, man. I can't believe it. But anyway, uh, he's, uh, you know, left um, probably about 10 years ago. He joined us on the show a lot. He's a friend of the show. He's still a working musician, but he hasn't been out on the road because he toured for 14 years with a rock band, and he'll tell you every once in a while, you know, that it isn't all uh, strawberries and balloons. But anyway, so um, he recently um, told us that he has a new job now, and it turns out to be something really cool. It's this, it, believe it or not, it's a Queen tribute band called um, One Night with Queen is the show that they put on. So he got in touch with me last week. He said, hey, we're coming to Boston. I want to go and see the show. So last night, Lois and I went down to the Wilbur Theater in Boston, which is a really nice, classy place in the theater district in Boston. And on comes this mm -hmm. this Queen tribute band, and the place is packed. And there's lots of people there. It's obviously obvious right away that there's lots of people there who have you know seen these guys before because they know everything that's going to go on in the show. So it's great music, uh, and, and Matt is playing bass. He's he's like filling in on this tour. The guy playing the guitar sounds just like just like the guitar player in Queen. What's his name there? That guy who's a doctor. And it, it's just oh, this Brian May. Brian May, right? And. Everything about it is just, you know, it, they get this whole Queen thing down pat. But the guy who plays Freddie Mercury, he comes out and um, he he just, all I can think of is he, he must have studied hours and hours and hours of Freddie Mercury tape. Because every move, every single move, you swear it's Freddie Mercury. The way that he carries on the show, let's say. So anyway, we, it was great. Matt got us like front row seats. We hung out on the tour bus, the works. And we're on the we're on the street, and 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 people are stopping by, and you know, getting his autograph and getting his pictures and everything. So it was kind of cool being out in the street with a rock star last night in Boston, even though it was like about sixteen degrees out. So anyway, it turns out now that he's going to be at another local venue tomorrow, and one uh, one you're going, correct? Correct. Lowell Auditorium near my hometown, or my second hometown, I call it. Mm -hmm. What's your first one? Yeah. Oh, never. Uh, my first Chelmsford. one was Cambridge. My second one is Chelmsford. The mean streets of Chelmsford. Chelmsford. Okay, all right. And then, uh, and then we're trying yeah. like crazy to get to trying like crazy to get um, Raven to go to one sometime in later this month. Is that true, Raven? Yeah, there's um, a show on. I believe they, it was April 23rd. I'm gonna try to get out there. Mm -hmm. I have a lot going on in April, so it's gonna be a little tricky. But I would really love to get out there. We'll work so on fingers it. crossed. Mm -hmm. And in, in, in the, the the funny thing about this is that um, yeah, because I like Queen music just as much as anyone, you know. And you and when you hear this show, it's like, oh, that's yeah, they really did have like about really eight or nine really, you know, kind of songs, you know, that you remember, and that these guys do it, you know, note for note and so on, and and it's a whole show. It's a really a whole show. But these people have 
you know, like they like deadheads following this cover band to the point where we're on the street and someone walks by and they have tattooed on their arm one night with Queen. And even Matt said, you know, who, who tattoos on their arm a cover band? Okay, that's how good these guys that's are. That's pretty. That's pretty straight, oh. right? And and here's the funny thing is that they're all from Scotland except Matt. All right, and I'll let I'll let him tell you that story off air. Okay, why he is suddenly the guitar uh, the bass guitar player? But it's a good show. So if you ever see it, if you hear us talking about it, it's called One Night with Queen. And they're all from Scotland, of all places. We're trying to talk to them on the bus. I can't understand those guys. <laughs> I mean, really, seriously. That would be interesting. Yeah, and, and and Matt is the only American on board, you know, so the whole thing is like this constant. I've been on the bus saying, hey, ever seen Outlander? <laughs> like they haven't heard that before. I want, to, I want to find out where those stones are so I can go yeah. through time. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I love yeah. those Great show. I never saw it. No, me neither. I read the books. I was too really busy good. studying in grammar school when that was. You've read the books? Oh, okay. Wow. Anyway, do the. I'm elite. So this whole concept about um, tribute bands—it's not just like a cover band. It's the whole experience. Right. Yes. It's pretty amazing. I mean, you can take any any tribute band—a Zeppelin fa- a band or even a Stones band. Well, there's cover um, bands and then tribute bands. I think tribute bands are just a yeah. higher level of cover bands. You know, we've seen. We've seen you. We've seen Beatle bands, for instance. Okay, which yep. it's it's the complete Absolutely. show. It's, I think that we saw one of the music hall called Rain, and it's literally the complete complete Beatle show with the side and pepper uniforms, and they have but they have music off stage playing like the orchestral stuff and like that. I saw the Australian Pink Floyd, which is astonishing. If oh, you went yeah, in there I with too. A, I saw them up at we at Boston College or something mm-hmm. years and years ago. If you put a blindfold on someone. You know that you could convince them that it's the real Pink Floyd playing yeah, somehow right. because it's it's sanctioned by Pink Floyd. It's Pink Floyd's road crew and they've Pink Floyd. They've opened for Pink Floyd. They've opened. I said Pink Floyd gets twenty twenty percent of the thing. Wow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They opened for Pink Floyd. Yes, they Boy, did. That takes that takes guts, doesn't it? You have to Google it. When did Australian Pink Floyd open? For, I'm pretty sure they did, which is kind of an amazing thing. Wow. Okay. Well, I Pink, saw. I saw ADHD. They are a cover band for ACDC. ADHD, really? Funny. How how are they? Very funny. Is it good? I can appreciate good cover bands. Yeah. I I don't think it's a ripoff or anything like that. It's just in in the when the band itself that they're covering or emulating Mm. digs them and has them as part of their their tour. Well, that shows you they do. It gets really crazy. Yeah, right, right. Well, like I said, Pink Floyd gets 20% of Australian Pink Floyd. You know, like I said, it keeps their road crew in Floyd. It keeps Mm -hmm. the stuff moving around. You know, it's going to be in a warehouse anyway, so why not? And make a big out of that. They were, Pink Floyd, Australian Pink Floyd is a different experience, though. You sit there and it's like nothing but just sound. It just fills the room. The Freddie Mercury thing is just what you can imagine Queen sounding like you know, in the late, in the early 80s, in a club or something, or a small, I mean, it was just, with that technology, the guy is really good, the, the players are really good, but once again, the show that they put on is what brings people back all the time, these kind of deadhead kind of groupies, because we met them all, we met them out on the street. It was very kind of an That's interesting cool. experience. So. That's cool. Anyway. Yeah, Matt told me to uh, look him up, look for him at the bus, give, give him a call when I see the bus. Yep. Uh he says, go to the will call window and uh, yep, that's they, what got some, they got a ticket for you with your name on it. But uh, just ask me how many tickets do you want? I said, man, yeah. I already bought a ticket. I've been in the damn orchestra, though. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to get a ticket just in case. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I didn't know what to expect. You tell me, tell me what you think of that tour bus, okay? I will, because <laughs> I might have an I'm not worthy moment if I'm on a real tour bus. Oh, okay. 
because I've always wanted to be on one when I could have had the damn opportunity to be on one. Here we go, Willie. Here we go with hot again. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Nancy, in and case. Watching that, watching that series on Hulu called Roadies. Two minutes, right. In case, I got it. I got every segment of that. In that case series. you two guys don't know, it. way back when, the blonde and hot fell in love with one one, and she said, <laughs> "Yeah, let's make." We're doing story. a Europe tour. Come over for six months and be our roadie, quote unquote roadie. Yeah, in Europe. And she's going to teach me some riffs. She's going to teach him some riffs. <laughs> but then one one—that's the—that's the part I was thinking about. One one came to his senses and stuck with the day job. Right. Called home and said, "Eileen, guess what? <laughs> that was the phone call, though. That's the phone call that did it." If I was single, I would have been on that tour. Okay. Oh, good thing you said plus. So listen, let's go back to the uh, Black Eyed Kid because we got to wrap up this uh, train wreck. So Black Eyed Kid, uh, we're not a TV show, but you have, you have a bun? You got a bun there working? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Did you go to school with that bun there, dude? It's kind of a West Side Story <laughs> kind of look there. I, I like how it's tied up, though. Oh, it looks good. Yeah. They had buns in West Side Story? Okay. I don't remember Pompadours. that from West Side Story. Hey, listen, do you want to talk about West Side Story real quick? You know that a new movie, West Side Story, came out like about three or four months ago, directed by Steven Spielberg? I, that I don't like it. I don't like it. What? I, I tried to get into it. I didn't get into it. Well, then, I feel like, it's like, I mean, why remake it? You why know? remake there's, it? There's nothing wrong with the original. I don't know. <laughs> to say that you can't get into it, it's like, was in the Titanic sink. I mean, come on. Talk about a huge flop. Let's go. The West Side Story. I, like it. I didn't like it. I told you the guy he's he's a hack. At some point, I, instead, what I watched was yesterday, like for the tenth That's time. Movie. That's a good. <laughs> I wanted to see Lily James the way I know and love Lily James, okay. not the uh, Ham and Tommy Willie James. Okay. Uh, Lily uh, James. Obviously, that's Scott. You emotionally. Ham and Tommy didn't do it for me. See, that's bad. That's bad. That's actually a bad sign there for the movie. You no, know, I thought the individual acting was pretty good, but the story in itself and Seth Rogen didn't do it for me. Uh, it's Seth just Rogen was, is such a tool bag, it, man. That guy, he's a yes. jerk. <laughs> he really is. But anyway, by the anyway. way, we are going to have a Quentin Tarantino. You know, I want to say shoot off, but that isn't the right term. We're going to have <laughs> some kind of a contest between you and, and I mean, fiction guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you and your cute, your cute tit followers. Though. Yeah, okay. I just have that same poster. I was going to put it up tonight, but I did. That's cool. Are you the same poster as Jason? Yeah, I do. That's the, funny. The, the movie poster is huge. All right, listen, here, uh, here's two people right here, so right, it, like right in off the street. Here. Hey, listen, Mark Zapula, Quentin Yo. Tarantino. What a, what a, what a, you know, he sucks, right? There's, uh, there's I like are. some of his stuff. Oh, okay. I, I think he is a little overrated, Next. but I do like some. Next. Black Eyed Kid. Yeah. Sucks, right? Overrated, but he's good movies. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes they drag, but sometimes I like some of it. Oh, no one's joining me tonight. And Raven is also <laughs> Raven. A2. A2 Raven. You know where I stand. I like the part with the watch. I like the part with the watch. Come on. Yeah. You see, this watch. Yeah, but you see, but you're going back to that movie. He has made, he's made like 20 crappy. Watch. I hit this watch. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. That's great. See, this is this is the gang. That is a great Christopher Walken moment. The ganging up on me. Listen to me, though. Hey, listen, Juan. He has made. That's the first like big movie he made along with that other piece of crap, The Reservoir Dogs, right? But he's made like twenty crappy movies since, and you can't you can't say the guy is good if if his first couple, like Orson Welles' first couple movies, are good too, and then they say he's the only guy who worked his way from the top to the bottom in Hollywood. Same thing. (laughs) 
with that guy. Oh. He's done a lot of crappy movies, and to this be a good director, you have to do uh, all the good movies. Bruce Willis getting out of the business because of uh, his uh, cognitive problem. They say, okay, the top five best Bruce Willis movies. Well, number one, uh, Die Hard. Number two, Pulp Fiction. Well, who's yeah. saying that? I am. I am upset but, about that. Who's saying that? Bruce Willis's PR person is probably saying. Die Hard, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Hate to say it. Yeah, I don't. I never really like that guy, but you know, you don't want to wish that thing. on anyone. Anyway. I, I like him in Bandits. I think that's a sign really from God. Yeah, Six Sense is, is really for me. Six Sense is, you know, he did. He was perfect in Six Sense. Perfect. Yep. Uh, you know, once again, one of these guys who, at the right time, right moment, he's going to, you know, be really good, like Tom Arnold in the in the True Lies movie. Tom freaking Arnold. Watch that movie. He's really good at it. You know, Tom Cruise, the guy with the tooth in the middle of his head, is good in Minority <laughs> Report. He's just. It's all of a sudden he's not Tom Cruise anymore. You know, he's just like yeah. some guy. So, you know, but anyway, it's another show, another week of shows. All right. We're going to say uh, adios to the black eyed kid. He has to go to bed. Still has to do his homework. It's okay. night night time. <laughs> okay. Good. Right. Uh, Queen Hi, Elizabeth Black eyed kid. Here. It was so good to hey, see guys. you. There you go. Great. He's going to go Thank out and, and roam the street. Good night, macaroni. Okay. I'm going to go put my bunny outfit on and do my second job. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow, don't forget the axe. Mark Zapool, a famous author, author of uh, yeah. The Last Longshoreman and also Miami Underground. And uh, Unmasked, the biography of Jerry Cheever is probably the greatest NFL goalie ever. MZ, how did you did you enjoy yourself tonight? Tell us. I had a great time. But, Tonight was one of the best. Yeah, but you're, you're like best. you're like raving. You'd say that anyway. You wouldn't say that it sucked. No, I really. That's so oh. not true. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, raven Great. would say it sucked if it really sucked. No, she I think said that. Nice. Yet, which is good, but you know. Okay. I All right. She would say it because uh, yeah. And Marcus the, the same way. He there would goes be Mark. honest with you because he's a fellow oh. water sign. Why? Yes. Right. And once again, he's, he's the only writer who has groupies. Think about that, all you other writers. Thank you, Mark. Very popular. Yes. Thank you. Raven, it's come that time in the night where we have to say goodbye to you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Really? It's time to tuck you into yeah, bed. Man. It's very late. It's almost whatever. Hang on. Yeah, someone needs to tuck me into bed. It is past my bedtime. Wani, watch it. All right, so thank you very much and for enlightening us on the zodiac signs and so on and so forth. Maybe more study is maybe I have to do more study on my pod. Maybe that could do more on that. I kind of lost track of the the attributes of zodiac signs, even my own. Can you use zodiac signs at the racetrack, for instance? Oh, God, you're asking the wrong person. Oh, that's good to know early. (laughs) Yes. What else? What do you you like the horses? Yeah, identify the zodiac sign of the horse. Yes. Yes. Does it just affect humans? I, you know, if that was, if that was a thing, well, like I, I know like my animals zodiac signs. So like, <laughs> that's just me, but yeah, go ahead. if that was something that be- betters, is that what they, what do you call it at a racetrack? Betters? Yes. Betters. Yeah. Let's, let's call them betters. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like I, if I was to go to a track, I would go based on that. Wow. We got to go to the track find, is what she's trying to you know, read between the, Pisces, the lines. Or like my husband is a Leo. So I would go like Pisces or Leo, and I would bet on those. Yeah, but supposing if somehow we found out when the Huss was born, and so therefore we would know what the Huss's zodiac sign was, do zodiac right. attributes, attributes of zodiac signs you know, transpose to animals? In other words, are there some zodiac signs that well, run really faster than others? I would. I mean, I don't know about like physically, but I would think that it would be very similar to humans, right? Oh, now we're on to if something. 
first time in 10 years. Am I, am I missing it? Am no, I, no, am no, I no, 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 no. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. It is right. I think that we just discovered some way. <laughs> Too bad Suffolk Downs isn't still around, guys. Huh? I know. I miss it. <laughs> so anyway. All right. Let me wrap this up. Okay. Juan, Juan, thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome. Really it's a pleasure. It. And uh, just quickly with the plugs, uh, if you want a bag of swag, just uh, go to MacMoney.com, hit the contact button. And leave us your mailing address, and we will send you a bag of swag. Now, the update on the bag of swag is this, is that we have got a lot of bar coasters, and people want the bar coasters more than anything else. We send them a bag, but we're putting more bar coasters in the bags these days. That's good. Okay. The bad news is that we're really running out of bar coasters very quickly. So thanks for joining in. Um, you know, uh, we're glad to do it, but we're going to get bar coasters around the world. We already got some in Northern Ireland, as it turns out, and people are sending us pictures from, I guess, Spain and East Boston, Mass, someplace. Okay, so anyway, bar coasters, go to macmoney.com, hit the contact button, give us your mailing address, and you get the bag of swag. Okay, number two, Homes for Our Troops. We talked about them earlier on the show. Uh, they're an organization that builds houses for veterans wounded after 9-11 uh, who might have trouble... Uh, going about their daily lives because they may be amputees or so on, and they make these houses that are just easier for them to get around in, and then they give them the house. They tear up the mortgage. They give them the keys. These people deserve it. They've done almost 300 houses already. These houses are $450,000, $460,000 each. Uh, 88 cents of your dollar goes to this charity. That's really, really big in the charity biz. Uh, it, we really like to say they're a military organization because we don't really want to say that they— it's charity, okay, but these people really do deserve it because they'd lost a limb fighting for us so we could do stupid stuff like this, okay? So Homes for Our Troops, please look them up and see what they're about. Also, Ross Sharp and his mad Englishman friends are putting back together a mosquito warplane from World War II. It was made of wood, however. They put Rolls Royce engines on it, and it was so fast for the middle part of the war that... They could outrun the bullets. It outran the bullets, okay? It literally outran the bullets. They, the German fighters would try to shoot at them, and the mosquito pilots would just simply give them the finger over the shoulder and hit the throttles, right? Isn't that how it went there, Money? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like a, like a Warner Brothers cartoon. Right, Miss yeah. the bullet, miss the plane, go... Wah, 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 right? Okay, so anyway. The bullet just goes... Wah. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. So anyway, so that this plane, uh, the um, yeah. mosquito, is going to be airborne in about two years. As it just so happens, one may be over in the U.K. at that point, and he literally has volunteered. Now he's committed to being the first civilian to fly. I know it. You know, I'm getting nervous. I think, uh, you know, everybody's taking this seriously. And uh, mm -hmm. Ross Sharp's heading over there. He's, he's going to look me up yep. when I arrive at uh, Limington. And there's some guy who works for... Uh, uh, the, mos the mosquito project. Yes, people's that lives mosquito in project. A couple of towns away, actually one town away in Heights, yes. something like that. So why? And he me... says uh, it's for me to get a hold. He that guy, Ross's buddy, yes. Adam wants me to get a hold of him. Yes, as soon as possible via email. Wow. Okay. So, so I don't know what's up with that. So so why are you nervous about getting into an airplane whose you know parts all from wreckage found in New Zealand? <laughs> one of these things that would you know force. <laughs> Yeah, and they're putting it together. These guys who spend like two hours a day on it, and then they're down the pub for the other six. That bothers exactly. you? That bothers you? No, it's actually I'm interested in volunteering because I want to spend that much time in the pub as well. Interesting. <laughs> That's the one one we should. I would like love. a nice, warm dark brew and a pork pie to go with it. Pork pie. Okay. Mm, yum. <laughs> wow, there's a joke in there somewhere, but we're not. It's we're running out of time. So anyway, I just want to thank you, one one. Thank everyone who's on the show tonight. Also, thank our. Listeners, everyone out there listening to us, and until you hear us next time, this is Mac for the entire gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye.